Welcome into DC On Screen, episode 371. I'm your host, David C. Robertson. We are doing the DCEU news. It's the film news for the week. And uh, Jason is ill, and we have a guest co-host for this episode, Matt Carroll of the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Who, me? Yeah, you. Hey, man, what's up? <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me on. Um, I don't think I've been on your show. Have I been on your show? You've absolutely been on our show. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I know it was a long time ago. I know we've done other podcasts together, but I don't remember being on the DC podcast before. Uh, yeah, because we had to share like we had to share a Bluetooth headset. Oh, that's right, at your house. I remember. Yeah, yeah, like we had to like stretch the the yeah the ear we had we had to get a little was, we had to get a little cuddly. I was it just was, it was I, a little weird. I was just talking to my girlfriend. I, I had to leave her to come to come podcast, and she said, uh. Uh, <laughs> something like, uh, but, uh, but why can't you stay here and give me all the cuddles? And I was like, I've got to go, uh, I've got to go, uh, help Dave out. And she's like, but I want his share too. And I was like, I, I doubt I'll be giving him any cuddles. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. But that one time that, we podcasted we together, have... we were kind of close to it. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think she meant his share of time, but it definitely came out wrong. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I mean, you know, not not that I wouldn't cuddle with a man. I, sure. I'm pretty, I'm pretty um secure in my sexuality. Like I like women. Yeah. And nothing more. If I needed, you know, it, the, the old. If I needed it for heat or something, you know, I, I no shame. <laughs> right. You know the Norm Macdonald joke where he's uh, he's talking about homophobia. He's like, yeah, homophobia is like you know they say what's that's what you have when you're. Uh, afraid uh, when you think that you're you're afraid that you might be gay or you're afraid of gays and he was like which you know which worries me because i'm afraid of dogs <laughs> oh man i had a dog rush out of my house this week and like attack a delivery person <laughs> it didn't actually attack them but the apparently the <laughs> delivery person was so scared of dogs it like ran up to try to show love you know try to just get attention from the person <laughs> Like started mm-hmm. jumping at it and stuff, but the dog was really well, dis, uh, really poorly behaved, and uh, the 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 delivery person just like <laughs> ran down the street, running from the dog. It was like, get your dog, get your dog. <laughs> was like, uh, if you stop running, wow. if you stop running, the dog will stop chasing you. It's not a, trying to bite you or anything. <laughs> it thinks you're playing with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh... So DC, eh? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, this is like I don't know a sixth of the, of the amount of time that we usually BS before we oh, get to a show. Oh, I know, I know. I just don't. I didn't feel like I was being interesting. <laughs> if it, if I felt like I was being sounded funny or clever, I'd be like, let's BS a while longer. <laughs> not believing, not believing yourself to be interesting never stopped me or Jason. <laughs> All right, so we'll go ahead and jump on into the news. Uh, there's a lot of Wonder Woman news. Well, that's coming out soon, um, man. It is, and there's been a lot of uh, hubbub on the interwebs. Oh, yeah? That, I know nothing of the hubbub. The hubbub on the interwebs is that uh, WB is skipping out on Wonder Woman's marketing. Interesting. Uh, um, now, one of the... One of the uh, arguments for this is that the WB YouTube page lists 30 videos for Suicide Squad, seven videos for Justice League, which comes out in November, and and Wonder Woman only has five. Hmm. 
but um, here's why they're not. <laughs> and this is going to get pretty, pretty thick here. Uh, and I don't even understand all of it because I'm not very smart. <laughs> no, right. But uh, first of all, the real marketing usually doesn't even happen until about a month before the film comes out. We're about five weeks out right now. Right. And already they've started pushing out a bunch of new stuff um, in the last couple of days. But I'm guessing the real push isn't going to happen until after Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two yeah, is that's, actually that, released. That's what I was going to say. Is that they're probably waiting to yeah. like they're letting Guardians have the spotlight, and then they're going to hit it hard once they got a little once they got free that we we're the next comic book movie out yet out start yeah. start thinking about us <laughs> <laughs> right and like a bunch of the people complaining about this are complaining that they haven't revealed Ares, God of War, yet. They, he's the main villain. Why isn't he showing up in the trailers? Because you're the same assholes who whined about Doomsday coming out in the second trailer for BBS. It's too spoilery. Yeah, well, it's, it's maybe it's different assholes. No. We could give we could give them the asshole benefit of the doubt <laughs> and say that maybe they're different assholes. Because I, I like might be. me personally, I'm. I'm in I'm in the stop revealing doomsday camp. Uh but that's me. Yeah. I hate spoilers. Uh I would much rather, yeah. hey, that movie looks badass. I'm going to go see it. And then what yeah. what I, what I like is when a, when a movie promotes the movie with almost no detail at all, just like mm-hmm. cool images, and then once it comes out, like a week later they release like a trailer that has a little a bit of the plot in it. And that's my, that's my favorite kind of marketing because it's like someone who's going to go see it and who cares to see it without spoilers can. And then after they've had their chance, they start putting out these like, it's the number one movie in America trailers. And then they have like little, uh, right. You know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Now the other thing though, is I think like they haven't released full on full frontal pictures of Ares is because I think Whoa, whoa, that- there's full frontal in this movie? I am my interest <laughs> is peaked all the more. I wasn't really hoping for Ares, but you know, maybe maybe it'll lead to other things. <laughs> um no. I I think Ares is someone that is going to be. I think the the Ares is going to be a plot twist in the movie. I think his identity is going to be a plot twist. You think I it's know a, who it is? You think it's a Mandarin situation? Uh, yeah, something we've of got, a Mandarin. Situation. We've got co- we've got a code Mandarin on our hands. <laughs> there, there, uh, a fair amount of uh, a fair amount of spoilage has been released, and I think we I, I did we did cover it like in an after credits type of situation, right? At some point. Um, so go back and listen to those, but I won't yeah. because I don't want to be spoiled. Yeah. Jeff's always and, wanted like, to talk about the spoil on our... Uh, by the way, I'm from the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. You guys should go listen to that. But I'm from I, that cast. I totally name-checked that. <laughs> oh, I totally name-checked that when I introduced I didn't you. hear. I didn't hear. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> the over on the Marvel Cinematic cast, we, like... Uh, w- w- Jeff always wants to talk about the spoilery things. And always wants to, can we do like an after the credits or can we do a special spoiler episode? And I'm like, you can. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. even, I don't, I'm, I don't want to be the spoiled one. I just want to go right. on blissfully ignorant. And a, a fair amount of the time, if, you know, and it doesn't happen that often, but when I, you know, sink my teeth into something juicy and spoilery, a lot of times I'll just say it after the credits, after Jason and I have gotten off the phone. Oh, nice. So. That's fun. Yeah, because Jason doesn't want to know anything. Yeah, I don't like knowing anything. I uh, one of the things that Marvel does that really bothers me is they start releasing uh full scenes 
a couple of weeks mm-hmm. before the movie's released. I think DC does it yeah. too. Like they just start releasing like, Hey, here's a, here's a little bit of a clip from the movie. And I'm just, and, and that just makes me, it really takes me out of it because when I go see the movie, we get to that scene and I just check out. I'm like, Oh, I've seen this. And like my brain shuts yeah. off. Uh, it happened and happened in guardians last year. It happened in a uh, civil war a couple mm-hmm. of times. Like I really, uh, age of Ultron was probably the worst offender. I saw multiple scenes of age of Ultron. So I just stopped. Uh, once it gets a couple weeks out from the movie, I just stop paying attention to the hype, which is bad for a guy who does oh. the podcast because I just, uh, Jeff always is like, Hey, did you see this scene? I'm like, Nope, nope, I did not. Did not see the scene. Yeah. We, we stopped doing that pretty early on. We stopped covering those scenes. <laughs> yeah. It's real bad. It's real bad. It just re- revealed too much. Yeah. And if we you're just smart, didn't, didn't wanna, we didn't even watch them. In a lot of ways, a lot of cases. Yeah, and if you're a smart moviegoer, you can really like start piecing those scenes together, and then it's a real problem. <laughs> I, I'm piecing stuff together in this like the second trailer. Right, but, right. Me too. But like, if you get full scenes, you really start to like, oh, now I really get a sense of they're moving to this place, and instead, yeah. it's just such becomes such a such an easy puzzle to put together. It's too easy, of course. One of the funny things is, you know, even we were to some degree, uh, we're like, oh yeah, WB learned from BVS and they're, because of the backlash from the Doomsday trailer, they're not even showing who the big bad guy is of Suicide Squad. And then like now in retrospect, I'm like, nah, they just knew that no one would know who it was. Uh, no one would know who the Ares was or no one would know who Doomsday was. No, in Suicide Squad, no one would know who, uh, (laughs) oh, the big bad. Yeah, no. uh, Enchantress's no. brother was, you know, right, right, right. Or I do, I do think that they ob- they obviously didn't show Enchantress on the evil side either. So like they did avoid that spoiler, which which I yeah. was I was surprised by. I didn't know that I didn't know that she was going to twi- flip on us. Oh, I assumed. Uh, I yeah. assumed, but I I, for not. whatever reason, I didn't I didn't guess Incubus either. Uh, even though I've read the books. <laughs> And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, there's Incubus and there's Enchantress. Yeah, right. I just it didn't, like, I was like, what? Like, no part of my brain thought, they're going to bring in that guy. Yeah. Nope. So, so often when you think about the comics, because we, it, we're in such a strange place for comic book movies where uh, they're, they're slowly starting to trust the source material more and more. Yeah, and that's still throwing me for a loop. I'm yeah. not used to that. You're like, you're like, oh, there's no way they're gonna put that in a movie because because 20 years ago they were like yellow spandex. Wouldn't that be worse? Like, no, 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 it wouldn't. We would really all prefer if you just went ahead and did Wolverine right. right. You know, uh, <laughs> like, uh, but but it, it's I think, such a slow. To be fair, I think I think there is plenty of source material. That shows Wolverine in a leather jacket and a wife beater, and I'm just good with that. I really don't want to see that. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. I, yeah, I, I mostly kid. Like, I think that, like, uh, I, but, but I do think you know they're doing it more and more. They're doing more of these costumes similar to yeah. the original, and they're finding ways to do them that are less cheesy. Like, uh, you know, a character like Vision, for instance, you can make it look make it look just like. Uh, just like the source material, and it's really cool. Um, the oh yeah, uh, yeah, but but when it comes to DC, we've got like Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, they kind of gave her the Captain America treatment, where they kind of softened the colors uh, <laughs> a little bit and made it look a little more of the era or whatever. Yeah, um, I think they've they've actually um they've gone the opposite way with Wonder Woman. They they've actually brightened her colors a lot. 
Oh, really? Like, what, one of the cool things is, like, when you look at the Wonder Woman trailers, like, her outfit is pretty bright. But then when you look at her in Batman v Superman, it just looks like it's been, like, dulled and beaten up over time. Interesting. I I still feel like watching those trailers that she's... And maybe it's just that color palette that the filming uses, I guess. That Snyderification mm-hmm. of all the film. Uh, mm-hmm. It just it still looks pretty monochromatic uh, to me, but, you know... Well, see, I feel like the scene around her looks monochromatic because she's, like, walking into no man's land. Right. I, I do know, see. And, I'm looking and, at it right now. And she definitely has some red and blue <laughs> and gold. Yeah. Like, but she's, like, this shining beacon of hope. Or maybe that's just me going, she's so pretty, and I just don't I have <laughs> blinders on for everything. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and she's such a badass. Like, she looks like she's Wonder Woman. I'm, I'm yeah. very pleased with her. Yeah, me very too so far. Me too so far. I just, I'm, I'm. I've yet to see Gal Gadot really act. And so, like, mm-hmm. I feel like the little bit we saw in BVS, she was pretty much just being a silent badass, uh, with a couple, we obviously she had a couple of lines, but, uh, I just, I'm ready to see, I'm, I'm interested to see how, 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 how she is as an actress. Yeah. She can really carry the movie. And I, I think, you know, they gave her Chris Pine in there as like a, a good crutch to lean on, but I think, uh, it, it's almost like, I don't... it's almost like giving, uh, I, I keep comparing it to Marvel because that's where I'm coming from, but it's almost like Chris Hemsworth. He was kind of a oafy Thor, but you had Natalie Portman in there, kind of grounding him a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Like just so we're clear, you're not using crutch as like a negative slamming DC way, right? No, 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 no. I just <laughs> okay, I, I, I'm okay. I only only slamming the possibility that I don't know about Gal Gadot's acting. Like I, I, yeah. They give they're giving her a support system, a supporting actor, as it were. Right. That's that's just another word. I say crutch, and yeah, that sounds like a negative connotation. I just mean a supporting actor. I I, I will. I, I'm not afraid to slam DC. Oh, I'll do it right here on this cast too. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we 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 do too when it's warranted. I think yeah. one need only go to our review episodes to see that in action. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, yeah, you guys you guys you guys give them you guys give them hell sometimes. I me and you differ on uh some of the movies and stuff, but that's fine. We do. Um we do. So, now uh, jumping back though, uh to this claim that they haven't uh marketed this film as much as others. Right. There's this new report by Vanity Fair uh that completely contradicts that. Um and in fact, they actually looked into the numbers because of all these complaints. And at five weeks until the film hits theaters, Warner Brothers has spent $3,043,212 on ads for Wonder Woman, uh, which is a lot more than the 2645643 that they spent on Suicide Squad at the same time in the cycle at five weeks. Gotcha. So they're, they're obviously spending more on Wonder Woman. And of course, they've also they released six new stills uh, just this week with Diana shopping with Etta Candy, uh, the great Lucy Davis, and Diana in uh, that freaking banging blue dress, and uh, a few shots of the team of her team of soldiers there. And they they put out new TV spots. I sent you some of these TV spots, a couple of these TV spots. Oh yeah, I watched them. Um, they're they're really good, right? Yeah, yeah, they look great, man. I I, I think the Wonder Woman trailers. Have looked awesome. Mm-hmm. 
But so have most of the trailers for the DCEU, and I haven't been terribly impressed with yeah. the movies. I'm really hopeful, though. Right. This one looks great. It really does. I mean, the the fight, yeah. the the action sequences look amazing, and the Chris Pine has great comic timing, and uh, all that has looked really flawless so far. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm 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 high of high hopes, and I'm hope I'm wi- I'm hoping for yeah. a good movie here. I do, I do recommend. You haven't, you still haven't sat down and watched that Ultimate Edition of BVS, have you? I have not. I have not. Uh, Ultimate Edition is totally worth it on BVS. Extended Edition on Suicide Squad doesn't really add anything much to my. I mean, yeah, it's 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 got a little bit more Joker, but that's all about all I can say about it. Yeah, it doesn't I, really make it a better movie. Have we talked about the Joker <laughs> at all? Uh, I I don't know if you and I have. Uh, I really I, thought the Joker. Where I stand is. Yeah, go ahead. Where I stand is basically I would be okay if we never saw this Joker again. Right. So and I'd be okay if we saw more of him. Yeah. But I would there. really hope, yeah, I'd really hope that they would go with the Grant Morrison super sanity idea where like he just has a different personality sometimes. He just changes personalities at will. Right. So we never have to see that version of Joker again. Even if Jared Leto doesn't. Yeah. Like I just don't I... ever want to see... Well, I don't. I don't really care. I it's felt just, like it's not my he Joker. was. <laughs> I felt like he was straight up Jim Carrey, like the whole time. I, re- I didn't feel like that. I felt really like did. There were a couple of shots. There were a couple of bits where he he seemed very Jim Carrey. Yeah. And then there were. I mean, you know, I don't think he was when he was like growling, <laughs> like a cat or something. He didn't seem like Jim Carrey. He didn't always seem like that. He was just real weird. Uh, a lot of them. Uh, he reminded me of. Um, uh, James Franco and Spring Breakers. Yeah, just. that's it. I mean, he definitely had the look of James Franco and Spring Breakers. Yeah. Um, but I thought, uh, I thought that, really like weird. his his voice and the way he, I just like I kept I don't I don't know Jared Leto's work that much. I've seen his other movies, but mm-hmm. I it just don't have a good strong sense of who he is. Um, but everything I just kept thinking that could absolutely be Jim Carrey fifteen years ago. Like this this yeah. this this part could be played by. <laughs> And I wouldn't know the difference. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, you know, uh, this is uh, going back to the Together TV spot for Wonder Woman, though, because that's what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonder I Wonder don't know what to say about Jared Leto. Yeah, um, I really don't know what to say about Jared Leto. <laughs> I'm just there. I don't, I don't know what to say about that. It was weird. Still, 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 <laughs> the, the jury's kind of still out. Like, we, we still haven't seen a movie that has focused on him, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, there... What I loved about the the first TV spot, the together TV spot, um, I, I, I even though it was kind of tropey, I loved that she was like about to introduce herself as like oh, Diana, Princess of Themyscira, and like Chris Pine just cut her off and was like Diana, Diana Prince. Prince, Diana <laughs> Prince. Yeah, that's, that's exactly um, what I was thinking of when I said Chris Pine has good comic timing. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, so far this um, what I'm enjoying about uh, the humor aspects of Wonder Woman is that it's decidedly not Deadpool or Suicide Squad-esque type of humor. Yeah, that's true. It's more of a character-based humor. Like, I don't know. So It's hard to, it's hard to describe, because absolutely Suicide Squad's humor was character-based humor, but they're just not I'm, such quirky and, I'm like, thinking about Suicide Squad, and I really don't remember... characters. I really don't remember there being real humor in Suicide Squad. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like Captain Boomer- Boomerang and Harley were really funny. Uh... I and feel, Will Smith. I thought, Will Smith's character was funny. Deadshot was funny. Okay. I have to rewatch it. I've only seen that once, so I, I really just don't... Yeah. I remember 
Uh, obviously, Harley Quinn tries to be funny a lot, but she just never landed one for me. Mm-hmm. She didn't land the humor for well, me. She, I really, oh gosh, the, it was in the trailers too, and it really turned me off. The line where she like breaks the window and says, "What? We're bad guys. It's what we do." Yeah. I was like, "Oh, that hurts. It just doesn't." Yeah, it hurt me. It hurt yeah, me, it- Dave. <laughs> It just like it was like a, a bad impression of Harley Quinn. I don't know. It's like, yeah, that seems like something the cartoon Harley Quinn would say. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I think that's all I really saw about that line. Like, part of me feels like all of this is stupid, and then part of me like, now nah, you gotta embrace it. It's the comic book universe. You can't like, I can't like doing doing that and saying like, oh well, you, you just we need to take the characters and boil them down to a realistic thing. That's what you get when you get Christopher Nolan stuff, and you yeah. know how I feel about that. Where it's just like uh, you've I? taken all the fun. Yeah, you've taken all I, the fun out of this thing. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> I, I, I like some of some of, and you know, I, I know I, I'm sure y'all have covered. I mean, I've listened to most of what y'all have covered on all this stuff, but uh, I the Nolan movies have amazing parts to them. But you're exactly right. They're yes. no fun. They're no fun whatsoever. And I just really right uh, just do not like that. Well, the most fun is The Dark Knight, and, you know, we still stand by that The Dark Knight might be the best Batman movie ever made. Dark Knight Rises is probably the worst Batman movie ever made. Yeah. And I understand that there's Batman and Robin out there, and that's what a lot of listeners don't understand, and they've written in, been like, how can you say Batman and Robin is a better film than Batman? No. I'm saying it's a better Batman film than The Dark Knight Rises. Mm -hmm. Because in The Dark Knight Rises, he doesn't even want to be Batman. At least he wants to be Batman and Batman and Robin. (laughs) Yeah. The, see, and, and I think it. As much as you may hate Batman and Robin, <laughs> and I do, I kind of do. I hate it Absolutely. so much. It's terrible, but it's terrible. It sort of succeeds at what it's trying for. It returns Batman to like the '60s almost. It's trying for like that campy, super silly Batman in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. And at least like it, the Dark Knight Rises does not. It's still trying to be in that grounded universe that Nolan set up in the first two, um, and it just does not succeed at all. <laughs> well, here's the problem. Like, Batman and Robin, if you go back and you look at, like, you hear stories from the production, you have Joel Schumacher, who would apparently go around before every take and say, remember, people, this is a cartoon. Right. Um, but, you know, in, in recent years, it's become more clear that he was saying that sarcastically because he had all of these pressures on him from the studio to make a funny, lighthearted movie that was going to sell toys. They had the toys made before they had the costumes made for the actors. Right. Um, so I think Joel Schumacher, who actually basically could just come in and direct an episode of Gotham and we wouldn't notice a difference. I think he could have made a good Batman movie. And he almost did with Batman Forever. Um, but the problem with Dark Knight Rises just had, just gotta just gotta defend Gotham. <clears throat> Gotham's one of my favorite comic book series on TV right now. As even though, not, coming I'm, from the Marvel no. side, I still like Gotham's like up there tied for like number one for me. I love Gotham. Yeah, we 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 go back and forth. We enjoy Gotham most of the time. Um, we go back and forth on it from episode to episode, as you might for, imagine. For but, me, it's a good, um, so for me, it's a good accomplishment of like kind of combining the sort of over the top silliness of the sixties yeah. with the grittiness of what we think of, you know, today as kind of being Batman, I guess, like the, the, the well, animated series. A good series. idea, 
Well, a good idea of what I think Joel Schumacher could accomplish, and I, I didn't mean that as a slam. I meant that as uh, in the opposite direction. I meant that to be a compliment. I think if Joel Schumacher did a Batman movie, he could do a Batman movie that was interesting. I mean, if you look at uh, Jim Carrey's The Number 23, that was directed by Joel Schumacher, and he goes into these, there are these little uh, vignettes where he's in this, this like uh, very gritty film noir, noir thing yeah. type of yeah reality with like you know bright neon red lights come like coming in through the blinds and very dark very brutal but also kind of hammy and um very comic booky very sin city and i think schumacher could have and he almost brought that to the table with forever but again studio interference they wanted they were afraid because of all of the complaints and and issues they had with batman returns being too dark and i mean we got you know disgusting looking penguin Biting a dude's nose and weird sexual. Yeah, I feel like the the penguin is the penguin (laughs) is like sort of responsible for the downfall of the Batman series. uh, As a little bit, and I I don't mind that penguin performance, but I don't think the world was ready for it. (laughs) I don't. Well, that penguin had no precedent whatsoever. Not in the comics. No, no, no. I understand that. I totally (laughs) understand that. But I, it's that weird Tim Burton disgusting sort of thing. And I, I don't mind it. I really don't. It was an interesting take. Uh, and it's like, even, even like looking back on it, I still like kind of feel for him at the same time. Like, it's an interesting, it's an interesting character, (laughs) but it really is like, it probably is what turned everyone off of the entire thing. Like, yeah. Catwoman was delightful in those movies. Except for her origin. Sure, sure, sure. It was d- darn stupid, but, like, um, made, yeah. m- made me want to jump out a window into a bunch of alley cats. No, that's weird. <laughs> what was the, uh, what was that awful quote? Now, do you talk about cringeworthy quotes from, uh, from villains? Uh, Catwoman in Batman Returns has this quote. Life's a bitch, and now so am I. Yeah, <laughs> it was like it not a, it, it is real bad. It is real bad. I, I totally agree. Uh, but I, th- I feel like yeah, maybe I just liked it because it was Michelle Pfeiffer. Maybe oh, maybe I yeah. had the same problem you're having with uh, Gal Gadot now. <laughs> yeah, like, like twenty, like like a twenty second scene of her flipping out of a store that she has clearly been inside of after hours. Security guards don't even know what to do with her. And she just, she stops and looks and goes, meow. And there's a big explosion. It's just dumb. Like Tim Burton, almost like everyone like talks about how dark that movie was, but I feel like he, he definitely did set it on the path to campiness again. Sure. Like it was sure. Just- <laughs> oh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty over the top and campy for sure. There's, there's, I mean, the whole conceit of the thing, like of the big, <laughs> I don't even remember the full plot, but I remember, uh, like the, the big bad plot hinges on, uh, penguins with rockets on their back, <laughs> right? Or bombs <laughs> or something. That was a weird thing that happened in the movie, but it wasn't the point. It was like... I thought that was like the one of the big last things that he's trying to do and Batman has to stop. <laughs> yeah, well, that's like his like last-ditch effort. Because he had like Christopher Walken's Max Shrek was like a big businessman that was oh, like, I know. helping Penguin run run for mayor. Yeah. Because he was going to be like pulling the strings and whatnot. It was just ridiculous. <sighs> anyway, back to Wonder Woman. <laughs> for the love of god <laughs> i don't get to talk oh, about this man. dc shit much man i'm i'm down i'm ready to 
I want to talk man. about it all. Um, so there is a glimpse that we get in the power TV spot of Ares hitting Diana. Like, with sword, you, see, you get a glimpse of his hand, his, like, arm, and his sword, and his, like, horn. And he's, like, hitting Diana, and she, like, fends him off with the with her gauntlets there. And uh, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. I dug that. I dug that. Yeah, man. All the action just looks so, amazing. So I'm going to try to wade through this thing. And, um, <laughs> all right. Cause it's interesting, but I don't fully understand it. Not completely because I don't have access to it. And also I'm not very smart. Um, so <laughs> time Warner's, uh, chief marketing officer, Kristen O'Hara, um, was at Oracle's modern marketing experience, 2017 in Las Vegas earlier this week. And, uh, she was talking about the marketing for Wonder Woman and as the article says, uh, she explained that while the public may see movie marketing as ads, trailers, or promotional partnerships, the new goal is to build momentum ahead of time instead of, for lack of a better term, simply swamping the marketplace prior to release. Uh, and that's something they, they learned from CW Supergirl and something they utilized to measure the fan base. Um, and then they did the same thing for Wonder Woman and uh, are still doing that. And they, the reason that they changed specifically from the launch of Batman v Superman, she says, um, or oh, sorry, the, the data collection surrounding that film marked another experiment as far as the marketing went. She said it shifted so much of what we go, uh, of how we go to market. She says, I think in a data driven world, the heroic marketing moments aren't those big, huge moments. They're an aggregate of tiny little moments that happen over a long period of time that help us get smarter and smarter about our customers and their behavior that help us create better experiences for them. So in the case of Wonder Woman, this is a release that we started talking about two years ago. And when we started on the path, franchise management was going to be better. Sorry, it was going to be something we looked really closely at, how data could be used uh, better and uh, could help us do better. So the collection of data across the entire DC franchise, whether it was video games, comic book releases, TV shows, or theatrical releases, all of which we have uh, an aggressive slate, every moment mattered to us. Uh, Batman v Superman was the first release where we had a strategy to collect data from the first trailer drop, not just for that movie, but across all DC franchises. Every single campaign from then till March of last year needed to be a data collection opportunity. We used a data collection, sorry, a data driven approach for that movie. And since then, the organization thinks very differently and is going to market very differently today. Six months after BVS came Suicide Squad. It was one of the first movies where we stopped spending before release because the segmentation and targeting was so effective. We were hitting our numbers pre-release, which basically means they want to spend less. They think they can spend less money. Right. And actually drag it out to hit its release date. As opposed to like hitting it pre-release, right, right. Spend the money and uh, you know, like spend it smarter instead of spending more, which is it to- right. totally makes sense. The only thing that I, the only thing that I would say about all this data-driven um, marketing, that's fine for marketing, um, but when you think about it, some of these, in some ways, these movies are all about marketing to these companies, mm-hmm. it, and if you just focus on the data of everything it's like you're just always following the data and not following right. the artistic choices that you could give to your um your well, your artists that are making the movies and I'm not and this, this is not in the, in the in the comments she said they're talking about marketing and I'm completely on board with all that but I just fear mm-hmm. because of the way I've seen 
DC seemingly reacting to things. They seem to react mm-hmm. so much to the way the fans feel. Um, and this, and, and instead of giving an, giving a director that has a vision a thing and letting them do their thing, there's a lot of reports of what happened on Suicide Squad being a lot of, um, meddling by the, by the corporation, which maybe for good, who knows? Maybe the original cut was horrible and they meddled and made mm-hmm. it better, but it just seemed like, a little jumbled, you know, and it seems like that maybe there was an original vision that maybe if you just let a director make a movie. And so that's my, that's my big thing with DC right now. And, and I, them being so data focused makes me fear that they're going to be like, Oh, here's this, this piece of data meets this piece of data means we need to make this movie and we need to make it this way. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like I fear that I fear that world where you're not letting artists be artists, you know? Well, I think what they're talking about here is slowly marketing something showing more behind the scenes uh type of things uh, doing more and they have been because we've been covering it they've been doing a lot of honestly pretty free type of marketing like two years out you know they've been here's a little glimpse of behind the scenes here's and just moving away from traditional marketing techniques where you as they put as she put it heroic marketing moments using those like big like super bowl ads or something to be like boom drop the mic here we are well when she said that that, when she said that about the heroic marketing moments i just want to be like tell that to deadpool deadpool's marketing was all about (laughs) heroic marketing moments and i don't mean Mm -hmm. spending money I just mean she's talking about like brand awareness and just making people realize it's coming and making it feel like this bigger and bigger deal. But like you look look at a movie like Deadpool, which is one of the biggest success stories in marketing lately, and it's the and it's, it can't it can't be replicated with everything. I realize that, but it's the way well, that Deadpool the meta Deadpool is an example of what she's talking about working. Because even before Deadpool was even a thing, it was being marketed right uh, by the people who wanted to make it, who were like putting out the test footage, absolutely, and, and just go. Even from you know X Men Origins Wolverine, when Deadpool was done so poorly, just the fact that he was done so poorly and everyone loved Ryan Reynolds and the idea of him playing him, even that was like, Deadpool is a completely different type of situation. Oh, yeah. for the most part, like that. But it actually does prove the point. Like that was long-term marketing without it even being on purpose. Well, it's it's long-term marketing. <laughs> it's long-term marketing. I don't agree that I. It's a. It's a. It's quite a stretch to say that. Uh, that X Men Wolverine, X Men Origins Wolverine was part of the marketing. That's a stretch. I will say that they that that movie had that movie's a different case. I completely agree because that them releasing. I'm saying it was. I'm saying it was unintentional. Um, it was unintentional. They intended for it to be really cool. Well, no, apparently. I agree. Um, and then like all of that may have been fans. Some of that may have been unintentional, yeah. but the marketing part of the movie was not unintentional. The actual marketing of the movie, where Ryan Reynolds did these big comedic videos to go on the internet and stuff, yeah. that stuff was straight up Absolutely. marketing, and those those were heroic yeah. marketing moments. They weren't like data-driven, uh, 360-degree synergy planned, blah, blah, blah. It was like, hey... Look how good this movie's gonna be. We're gonna make you. It's, it, it was almost like the freemium model where they gave you a little mm-hmm. bit of free goodness just to be like, yeah. look how good this is to see Deadpool, you know, interviewing Hugh Jackman or whatever. Um, but to believe that that wasn't data driven because it totally was. Like they had like f- several years 
of data that was telling them people want this R-rated movie. Don't, I mean, like they still didn't believe it. they had to keep looking over the over the numbers. Sure, just from the test footage and like seeing the fan reactions online to possible uh, a possibility of a Deadpool movie with Ryan Reynolds. Like, and then you actually had Ryan Reynolds before anything was greenlit at all, like championing this thing. Oh yeah, I think all of that like poured into Fox saying, looking at the at the data and going, "We're we definitely have to do this," and allowing them to go full out with internet videos and the whole the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. What, I, I again, I don't brothers... I don't know. I see. I disagree that it's all data driven. I I don't I don't I think that. That uh, I'm not saying there's no data involved. Obviously, they see the uh, response from the fans, but when you've got a you you had artists, both the director and um, and Ryan Reynolds were so passionate about the project, and they marketed it in a way that they saw the vision for the project, and the marketing was exactly what the movie was. It was this meta interpretation of Deadpool that obviously meta he is meta to begin with, but um, it was just sure. a, it was just fully realized in the marketing was the movie and they were trying they were selling the movie by actually showing you a piece of the art instead of being like uh okay we need to show more of the comedic side of this movie because it's uh you know the marketing is showing that this is looking too dour you know like or the data is showing mm-hmm. it's like it just seemed like it can it sprung forth from an honest place an honest artistic place where they had a vision and a right. passion for the kind of movie they wanted to make. And the marketing was just an extension of that. That's what I'm getting at. Right. Where I think there is a distinct difference between the way they're, this lady's talking and what Deadpool was. Mm. Not to say they kidn- right. they didn't but- gauge reaction of fans, but it's not data driven. It's, it's art driven. It's passion driven. It's, and I think that's important. Yeah, it is important. I mean, she didn't bring up Deadpool though. Importantly, you did. So. No, 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 no. I, I agree. And she, I, but, I was saying that Deadpool is that a is a reaction to her argument that is kind of a uh, is, is say uh, is saying something different than her argument is saying. Is but was my point. I don't know. I think I think I think Deadpool's existence as an R-rated movie in the comic book uh, comic book movie canon is way more data driven than you might want to believe but at the same I to- time, oh, I, I totally disagree with that if you look at if they were looking at data they never would have made a a a, a rated r movie because no rated r comic book movie existed there was no data sure they had fan okay. reaction online sure 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 everyone saw the yeah. the test footage and loved which it which is why but which is every movie which is ever why- Every comic movie before this point had been data-driven and said, no, we better make it PG-13 so the kids can go. And this movie said, fuck that. And yes, they said fuck because they could, because it was rated R. Um, They said they could say it more than three times. Um but uh yeah but we're talking about we're talking about a movie that was probably a fourth of what something like Wonder Woman or Batman v Superman cost. They were looking at the the numbers. They they spent like nothing to make Deadpool. I I totally agree. And it was it was it was a they made a smaller bet because they were they they were like this is not guaranteed to work cuz it's it's this yeah. weird passion project that we don't understand mm-hmm. because the data is not supporting that this is going to make a lot of money. But we, because it's never been done before, and we're gonna let it allow it to be done. Um, but right. anyway, anyway, I think we're 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 talking about the we're talking across each other because I don't think we're gonna like agree whether it's data driven or not. Because <laughs> data driven, what you're saying is any kind of response to the to the uh, 
to the uh, what the audience wants is data driven, and that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> well, no, I'm I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that if they had any, if they responded completely to what anybody wanted, I mean, Zack Snyder wouldn't be directing Justice League right now. Yeah, he wouldn't. <laughs> because so many like, they. <laughs> I think Justice League looks amazing. Like I think Batman v Superman was a legitimate uh Empire Strikes Back moment in a trilogy of movies. That being the trilogy of Man of Steel, Batman v Superman and Justice League. Um DC comics are darker generally. Oh, stop stop pandering. Stop pandering to the n- I'm not pandering. <laughs> I'm not pandering. <laughs> I, just I just don't like I like, I don't love Star Wars, and I don't think you're a huge Star Wars guy either. Uh, I'm not, but it's, I don't, the, it's I don't, I don't, um, it's the precedent that's set. Yeah, it's the it's, they started the precedent. But they, so. that's the thing; it wasn't though, and we could get into this all day long. But it wasn't. It wasn't even a good Empire Strikes Back moment because it wasn't like Han is frozen in carbonite, and uh, and then you see uh, and and you see like him. Hit the the dust on the carbonite start to move because the force is awakening within him, um, you know. Like they they let him be frozen in carbonite. They let uh, Luke get his hand cut off, and he's looking at his hand like, "Oh shit, I'm becoming my evil father." Like that's a great moment. Those are as as little as I like. St- I don't. I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, but those two moments are great. Me either. Those two moments are wonderful, but they didn't, they didn't yeah. have the balls to do that. They didn't like really, and even in the marketing, they're already just really, it's really clear he's coming back. And anyone who knows the comic books, obviously he's coming back. We all know, but yeah. for like a general audience, the they could have let him die. They could have let the, let the character actually feel dead. Uh, but it wouldn't have, uh, I, I could, I could rant all day about those, that movie. Sorry. Um. <laughs> I mean, it's all subjective, man. It's okay. We can have a difference of opinion. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just trying not to I be. I mean, and you know, I down. have my, I have my, I have my issues with Man of Steel. I feel like that should have been brighter than it was. Um, of course, the more I go back and watch Man of Steel, the more I like it. So, yeah. I don't know what to tell you about that. I still don't like David Goyer or his dialogue. I still don't think. <laughs> has, it, has David is David and Goyer still involved with? Uh, He's these most involved recent ones? with the Green Lantern project right now. For some reason, he's involved with the Green Lantern Corps movies. Okay, he's not involved with Justice League, as far as I know. Gotcha. Maybe, maybe, maybe. was he involved with BVS? Um, he was. He wrote an initial draft, and then, um, which is funny because some years prior, he said Batman v Superman is where you, where you is the concept you turn to when you admit to yourself that you've run out of all other ideas. Right. <laughs> which is my biggest problem with David Goyer is that he's like a fake fanboy. It's like he knows the material, but he's pissed off about it. Like he does, he's ashamed of it somehow. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um. But yeah, I I liked BVS. I, I liked the theatrical cut. I liked the Ultimate Edition way more than theatrical cut. But I mean, you know, it's not what I like. I have to, I've had to come to terms with the fact that none of this stuff is what I would do. Period. Like no one's gonna make the movie. I would sure, do. sure, sure. My my. See, and that's not that's, that's not what I'm know. that's not what I'm mad about though. Like I I'm fine with. I want them to make movies I wouldn't make. I want them to like go so far outside the box and think of things that I would never think of. <laughs> but what I what I do want is characters that I care about, and that's my problem with the DCEU. I don't care about any of the characters yet, and I hate that because we're, yeah. we're how many four movies in now? Is that right? Is it? Th- I don't know. Or is it three? I mean- we're we're like twenty two movies into the Marvel movies, and I don't really care about most of those characters. I care about every one of them. <laughs> I I enjoy the, I enjoy them, but I'm not like oh I like I like Tony. 
I love Tony. I love like, like I love every moment I spend with Tony, and every moment I spend with yeah. with uh, with with Captain America. I still think of him as like that kid in the alley. That's like when he was in this fight with Tony in 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 Civil War, and he says, "I could do this all day," and it's a callback to that alley fight in the very first one where he's like still a scrawny kid, and he says, "I can do this all day." That that yeah. shit is golden. Like that is amazing yeah. character tying together shit, and like I care so much those, in that moment. There are ton, there are tons of those moments in BVS to Man of Steel. There are moments in that in Suicide Squad linking back. But if I told if I brought all that stuff up, you'd be like, oh, they're just pandering. Oh no, I would not. No, I would not. I only time I've, I've I rarely say people are pandering. I said you were pandering because I don't think you like Star Wars that much, and you were like, it was an Empire Strikes Back moment, and I was like, oh, don't try to get no, everyone I... on your side with using Star Wars. Oh, <laughs> hey, I don't have to. Tr- I don't have to try to get everyone on my side. This is my show. Oh, I know you get every. This is I'm 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 in the uh, I'm in the. Uh, I'm in behind enemy lines. <laughs> um, everyone. But no, I, I'm, I've, I've said repeatedly, I'm not a big Star Wars fan, but Star Wars and the Star Wars trilogy did set that precedent where you have, you know, a, a hopeful, happy ending first act. You have the second movie. The dour which is, ending you know, ends the on second. a real down note. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, you have the, the third one, which is, you know, inevitably not as good, but uh, leaves people somewhat happy. Um, <laughs> Are you saying that's going to be Justice League? <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. Probably. I'm, I liked Jedi better than any of them, though. Oh, so. yeah. I... Except I, I really liked Episode 7 a lot. I liked Episode 7 a whole lot. I liked Episode 7. I, I made the mistake of rewatching Episode 4 the day I went to see Episode 7. Oh. Um, too, too similar. They're so they're, they're the same plot, which was it's yeah. obviously what he was doing. It's obviously what JJ was like. Let me see if I can pay homage so closely to what started the franchise that I can restart the franchise. And he did it. He did it successfully. Yeah. But I was like, I watched it. I watched. <laughs> I watched a New Hope that morning, and then I went to see it, and I was like, wow. Like it just felt like yeah. okay, paint by really paint by numbers. Like so, so yeah, I'm watching fi- Force Awakens for me. Watching Force Awakens for me, I finally understood what non Star Trek fans were feeling when they saw Oh Nine Star Trek, because they were just like, oh, well, this is pretty interesting. This is fun. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but, yeah, but the- with having no no give a shit for all the others by the way i just hate jj <laughs> abrams so much let me just express that on another podcast because he is the destroyer of worlds okay. i've realized how angry i am at him uh I, I i put up with it in 2009 when he destroyed the the star trek canon because i was like i can't do anything about it it's probable we're never going to get any more destroy it well yeah he did he did he fucking did <laughs> Um, no, he did. I know. I realize it's an time alter- travel, it's an alternate universe, alternate universe, all that's fine. But he still made it so that we're getting new Star Trek and and these new blockbuster Star Trek movies that are you know eh, blockbusters, but uh-huh. they're not in my canon. They're not. They don't have anything to do with what I grew up right. on, and they're also like rehashing stories that I grew up on in weird ways. Um, do wait, 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 wait. Now, did you see Star Trek Beyond? Yes, and it was great. It's it made me cry. It's my favorite of the three, um, for sure. Yeah, it felt like the most. Yeah, sure. It felt the most like Star Trek. It still was a little dumb in places, but it felt the most Star Trek to me. Um, and and I'm happy yeah. that they're back to. It, but it but it's it's it sucks that I have to be like, you know what? 
that actually seemed like a Star Trek movie, so I'll accept it. Like, I finally, I'll, I'll say good things about that one because it at least felt like a Star Trek movie. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I wish I mean, it's not... that was just a given and that these new, these new movies were in the same canon. We could move forward into the future. I want to know what the 29th century is really like. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'd... well, look, to be fair, to be completely fair, Star Trek Voyager feels way too much like a certain type of Star Trek. And then again, not like Star Trek at all. It's so dull. Oh, Star Trek Voyager is the, the prime worst. Universe. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, you know, you know, so, you know, I mean, there, you know my feelings on, Voy- on Voyager. Oh, I know. Oh, it's the That's worst. why I'm using it against you. I will. I will. I'm just. <laughs> I will rant all day. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, there's plenty in the Prime Universe that isn't exactly perfect. That I would, I would take Abrams movies over some of that. Sure, stuff sure. Any day. Sure, I agree. Let me get. Let me get to what I was saying though. What really pisses me off is that he did that to the Star Trek fans, and it was like, uh-huh. okay, he did that to the Star Trek fans. That's the, all of us who were deep Star Trek fans, who like not just watch the six movies or whatever, or eight, nine movies. We were like the ones reading books and like re-watching every episode. And we were the, we were the real fans of Star Trek. He took all that and he's like, I'm going to take the thing you love and repackage it for the masses and kind of ignore everything you've cared about. None of that will matter for these future stories. Have you ever read his treatment for the, uh, for his Superman trilogy? No, no. But let me. It's let awful. Me, let me just say this. It's so bad. Let me just say this. Then he, uh, then he decided to do the same thing for Star Wars. They gave him Star Wars, and he was like, and maybe it wasn't just him. This is probably a bigger decision than just him. But he he deleted all of the extended universe canon um, and started it over. So all the people who weren't just Star Wars fans for those three three or six movies, they were Star Trek fans for life who had read hundreds of books and watched hundreds. He decided all of that wasn't canon, and now we're starting over with episode seven, and it's gonna and and mm. we're gonna tell the same story. It just was such smacked of the same thing, and I just feel bad for all the Star Wars fans, even though I'm not a, one of them. Like, okay, I just feel the they I, me and them me and Star Wars fans should unite and take down J.J. Abrams is all I'm saying. Here's the thing. <laughs> Here's the thing, and I'm going to say this, and then we need to get back to DC News. Yeah. George Lucas destroyed that extended universe years before. He had different levels of... Oh, I know. I know. ...what he referred to as canon, and there was no way they were going to make episodes 7, 8, and 9 without destroying that canon. There, Those books were too thick. I own one of them, and I was like, no. I get that. I get that. They could have... I don't know. They could have done something with it. But I, but I digress. I it's, just felt like it just felt it's it, not his fault. It felt like it's not his fault. It felt like the same thing they did. It, I felt like exactly what you're saying is I feel like exactly what he would say about Star Trek. It's like, oh, there's too much stuff. We can't move forward. There's too much stuff to rely on. We need to restart. Well, and I, I just, I would not, never I don't, be, I don't agree well, with that. Wait, no. I, if he had erased or in some way subverted the other films that came before it for Star Wars, I would say sure. But he went out of they went out of their way to make the, their Star Trek movies an alternate universe so that the prime universe still existed. Honored the hell out of Nimoy, really did. And you know, I don't, I didn't agree with mo- a lot of the stuff they did in the new Star Trek movies. I wasn't a huge fan of a lot of it. But you know, at the same time, it's not affecting my universe, and that's that's a great thing that they did. That's beautiful. It's a that they 
went, they, went they, out of their they way respected, to protect They respected your universe in, like, name only. Like, in, like, oh, yeah, look, see, we didn't destroy it. It's, you can still play in your own sandbox. Uh, and that's, that's right. But I, but I just, I don't, that's, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't agree. <laughs> that's, that's, it I may, mean, it may know, be, I think it I w- may be the best thing they could do. <laughs> it may be, it may be the best thing they could do. It may be that, that like, there was no way to continue it on. Uh, but okay. Anyway. But you know, at the same time though, man, you have to look at, you know, all the times that, uh, any, some of my favorite Star Trek books were overwritten by canon that you and I loved. DS9 overwrote a lot of canon that, that I loved growing up because of, you know, novels. That's just the nature of the beast when you get to extended universe properties like that with comics and, and novels. So I'm not going to lay the blame on JJ for destroying, you know, all this. All the Star you know, Wars it, stuff. You don't agree with the Star Yeah, I mean, <sighs> I do. you know, and he, he respected the hell out of the Star Trek canon as far as, you know, not overriding the Prime Universe. And that's all I can really ask, uh, whether I like the, you know, the first two that much or not. But anyway, um, I mean, these are all fictional properties. Let's not, you know, get too upset over it, but. Oh, I, I why are we here <laughs> if we're not going to get upset over it? <laughs> We're here because we care, my friend. I don't know, man. We're here because we care. I, I'm getting, I'm getting old and mellow, man. I don't. Not know. me. <laughs> so apparently, Pinkberry has a Wonder Woman flavor out. Uh, I know this because Ray Fisher, the guy playing Cyborg, posted a picture talking about marketing. By the way, there's a giant poster of Wonder Woman with some sort of ice cream. <laughs> Um, but he posts, uh, this picture of himself with this, uh, delicious looking thing at Pinkberry, this ice cream situation. And, uh, he writes, employee, hey, what can I get you? Ray. Yeah. Uh, let me have the Themyscirin special employee. Huh? Ray dejected points to poster that one, please. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what's it? What's, I found that delightful. what's in this ice? What's in this flavor? I don't know. It looked like there were strawberries and stuff. They didn't say. <laughs> I didn't look into it. I'm sorry. I just assumed I, it'd be on the article. My bad. No, it wasn't. It was like an Instagram post. And also, we don't have a pink berry anywhere around. So, I mean, oh, no yeah. reason to get my hopes up. I thought there was one here in uh, Birmingham. Is there not? Is there? I don't remember. I remember there, there one. was one because they were giving out samples at some park one day when I was there. <laughs> I remember. Oh, I'm sure. But I don't remember. Maybe they maybe sure, it wasn't but, successful or something. But because I'm unaware of it, I'm sure that like uh, you know Scott of the Squadcast of the Suicide Squadcast will be like on Twitter tomorrow, being like, actually there there are three Pinkberry locations in, in Birmingham, <laughs> Alabama. Just <laughs> my kids and I, my kids and I frequently every Sunday. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just are I'm they just here? In, are they here in Birmingham? I'm just kidding you, buddy. Uh, Tim is not. Scott is. Oh neat! I didn't know that. Yeah, Scott's around. Cool. So there's a rumor about the um, Wonder Woman runtime, and I may have misplaced it somehow. <laughs> I may is, have, it, is it that the, 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 the it'll be a certain length, here. and then they'll release it later in a longer length? No. <laughs> Hopefully they won't do that. I really hope not. I really, I'm I I I see. I'm generally on board with like a. I'm on board with an extended edition if a movie is like a classic, you know, like, oh, we want to know more. Yeah. I would love to see more of that. But this whole, like, uh, we couldn't fit the whole story in theaters. Um, but here's the little bits for those of you who care about continuity. 
Or no, like, I think that. <laughs> see, I think I think that was only with BVS. They didn't do it for Man of Steel. Um, that happened in BVS because he wanted it to be a, he wanted it to be three hours, and they wanted to fit in an extra showtime. And hopefully, they've learned their lesson from that. But uh, I hope so. It looks like the rumor is well, they did it with Suicide Squad Wonder too. Woman, they did it with Suicide Squad, but only because people were so pissed that there wasn't the fans were so pissed that there wasn't another Joker or more Joker in the movie. I don't they buy put it. out a little more Joker. Footage. I don't really buy that. I think they probably it seems just like that's after doing two movies in a row, it just seems like they're doing it for money. Like let's oh, get more people. They're absolutely doing it for money. Let's get more people into the theaters. Well, okay, let's get our theater numbers with up. Su- well, they didn't put it out in theaters. Oh, I thought they did with BVS. They they did for like one night somewhere. Oh, okay. In some city. But like Suicide Squad, they didn't. Okay. Um, In Suicide Squad, they just released, you know, sort of like they've been doing for years and like every movie studio has been doing it, And that absolutely was for money. They were sure. like, oh, we can get more money if we say that there's more Joker footage, which there was, and it was okay. But what I liked about that is they, they did it just enough that it didn't compromise the movie. It didn't make it worse. So I was good with it. Um. But it didn't make it better, though. Um, but the the um, the the rumor here is that Wonder Woman's going to come in at two hours and twenty one minutes, which would make it the third longest uh, DC release. Right. So um, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know that's still a rumor. Who knows? Okay. Not me. Um, bu- 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 Recently, Patty Jenkins was talking to the Toronto Sun, and uh, she says uh, about Wonder Woman, obviously. She said, I always thought the origin story would be the great way to go. I love origin superhero movies, uh, sorry, stories, and I love the simplicity you can have with that journey. Also, there was the fact that no one had done her story and the fact that I love her, so it was a treasure trove of potential. Um, And then she went on to talk about the rest of the DC Extended Universe, mainly Aquaman, but it sounds really cool what she's saying. She says, I think there's a lot of directors doing cool things. I know the storylines for a lot of the films they are working on, and they are all vastly different with very different tones and very different styles of of storytelling. Uh, She describes Aquaman as a, quote, cool story that's got its own separate vibe. She says, I'm excited to see each of these films. That makes me happy. I, I like... The I, I've been more enthusiastic about the Marvel movies since they started going that way. Like Thor Ragnarok looks freaking amazing. Oh yeah, and I love Absolutely. that tone. And I've and I feel like that was like that came from Guardians of the Galaxy and Deadpool to some degree being set of such you know the lighter tone. You can just I right. Do, I, I, yeah, I, we, and, we saw that trailer <laughs> over on Marvel Cinematic Universe cast when we were talking about uh, the Thor Ragnarok trailer. We we're like, oh look. They saw Guardians of the Galaxy as well. <laughs> like it just it really looks like they I mean just the color palette they're using is so Guardians that it's like yeah. uh, and the, and the and even the text in the trailer like the kind of like swooping 80s looking text that they're using it's just like man they yeah, really I, went Guardians on this with, this trailer. With with Thor Ragnarok I didn't feel like they were going Guardians. I felt like they were going like 1980s heavy metal like the old magazine heavy metal like they were going like old school like it a lot of the the graphics as far as the text went looked like it could have been the cover of an of an 80s metal band well i agree but i think that's kind of how guardians was too um and i think uh, you... i felt like guardians went back to 70s man mm, that maybe. was like 70s like funkadelic stuff that's true it's true it was pretty psychedelic <laughs> um yeah i i just i just felt like the, the color just just simply the color palette and i think part of it is they're trying to and they've been talking about a lot about this over there um trying to solidify what the co- what the marvel cosmic universe is going to be 
Um, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, obviously, in a way, Thor started the cosmic universe, but uh, now that now that Guardians has kind of established itself and done so much more traveling out in the, the, the cosmos, mm-hmm. they're kind of like taking a page from Guardians and bringing in the color palette and some of the characters and things from those uh, from the Guardian stuff. And I think it's exciting, really exciting. Yeah, I'm I'm down for them getting kind of wild and funky. Yeah. Um, the, oh gosh, Guardians comes out in like four days, man. I'm so excited. I am too. You where are you where are you going to see it? You going to where are you going to see it? I don't know. I have no idea. We're going Thursday night up I, here. Oh yeah, I'm not doing that. Come on, it'll man. be later for me. It'll be good. It'll be later for me. Uh, <laughs> uh, we've had, we've already, we've had people asking us like, are you and Jason going to do a? Uh, you guys gonna do a review for Guardians of the Galaxy two like you did for Logan like post credits? I'm like, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, man. Which I don't know, they're, man. Guardians is gonna have to. They're gonna have to try hard to beat Logan, man. Logan was phenomenal. Logan was phenomenal. I didn't know. I didn't know Fox had that in them. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> me neither. Um, it was it was oh, def- by far the best Fox. Uh, well, I don't know. Deadpool's. They've their last two entries have been really good. Well, yeah. uh, Apocalypse well, was awful. <laughs> yeah, Apocalypse was pretty bad, <laughs> real real bad. Uh, but but man, Deadpool and and Logan were both just exquisite yeah. movies. They were, and opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of just every every conceivable point. Just completely different movies. Oh yeah, it's it. You can't but really wonderful. compare the two, uh, and, and it's like Deadpool. Uh, Deadpool is one of the best it, for what they were trying to do. They are both amazing. They're both really, really amazing yeah. at what they were trying to do. And I think, yeah. you know, obviously I like the Marvel Cinematic Universe a lot. Uh, but they're, they're generally not trying to do one thing with their movies. Uh, they're trying to make these sort of sweeping action adventure drama comedies. <laughs> mm-hmm. And almost every one of them falls in this like, amorphous category they're not trying to make a comedy or a drama and like fox decided you know what we're gonna straight up make a like a rated r comedy and you know what we're gonna straight up make a rated r drama uh like a like a real character piece um and they went they went for it all in instead of trying to kind of please everything uh which i think marvel does a great marvel uh marvel does a great job at doing but the yeah the fox Fox just decided to go a different way, and I really liked both of them a lot. Yeah, it was uh, it was inspiring, and I I didn't I never saw it coming. Yeah, <laughs> I just thought like Fox, like oh man, you guys are just gotta keep churning out crap until finally people stop watching. But no, they actually went and did something great. Yep, they Took really a did. Of things. Let's try to forget that Apocalypse was in the middle of that. Yeah. <laughs> Apocalypse was so bad. So, so bad. It was, it was so bad. <laughs> I don't, like, I, I get into why things were bad. I really like to dig in. I don't even, I don't even feel like it. It was so bad. I don't even want to talk about it. It's no, just so bad. Let's no. just agree to agree how bad it was and move on. Yeah. It was, it was like, you know, how you, I don't know if you've ever done this. You just see someone and you just like, you can't smell them, but you imagine they smell bad. And you just kind of have this like awful, like this little, like I smell poo face. That's what I, that's the face I have when I think of X-Men apocalypse. I went to it's see, like, oh. I went to see some movie recently and I sat down and the guy next to me had like the strongest scent coming off of him. 
Um, yeah. And he came okay. in the theater after me, sat down like one seat over. And I mean, the scent was so strong that I was like, it was like the strong musky sort of like spicy. Yeah. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm, uh, I'm not trying to be mean, but man, I got, so I scooted over a chair. I felt, I didn't say anything. I just like, oh, I'm going to get a better seat. Uh, <laughs> scooted over a chair or two. And then, uh, and then a few minutes later, I realized what it was. He had some sort of food with him. But it was oh. like, it was like Indian food. It was like really strong, scented, spicy. And, and like, <laughs> he took it out in like a catering tin and started handing it oh. out to his friends. <laughs> Oh no. And like, once I knew it wasn't BO, I was like, okay, this is, is not the worst smell. It just, it smelled so strong and spicy when he sat down next to me and I, I couldn't see any food because he was like carrying it under a jacket, like smuggled it in. <laughs> it was like yeah. on a date, him and his girlfriend were like splitting this big catering tray of food. It's good stuff. Ugh, I want to puke. <laughs> I hate Indian food. I just, that's not my deal. I don't like Indian anyway. food either. Although I love Thai food. They both have lots of curry. Yeah, I don't like curry. I like Thai curry. Have you tried Thai curry? No, but I've been I've been adequately uh I don't know, inundated with praise for it. So you I'll should get try, to it when I get to it, you I You should guess. try some Thai curry. <laughs> well when when you're up here in Birmingham, we'll go to Surin sometimes. Got got some good uh, stuff there. Uh I never want to go to Surin. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so good. Just out of principle. Just out of principle. <laughs> We, uh, we've got a real dangerous thing happening in Birmingham now. Uh, all these kind of like Uber type, uh, delivery services are popping up, like Uber Eats or okay. whatever, where they'll yeah. basically deliver any like food. Yeah, 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 that kind of thing. They'll just deliver any food in town. And so now, like yeah. on, on a lazy night when we're sitting here, like we don't want to go out, we can order like, like a really good meal from one of these like nice, yeah. uh, Thai places or whatever. Yeah, I remember a few months ago we, we, you and me and Alyssa went to um, whatever that place was, that Philly cheesesteak place, oh, and yeah, you were yeah. like, "What? They deliver?" And Alyssa went, "Oh no!" <laughs> yeah, this is good. We were both like, <laughs> "This is gonna be a problem," <laughs> and it has been. <laughs> <laughs> he shouldn't sound so pleased with that, Matt. <laughs> All right, we got to get back to this. Uh, we're not even through Wonder Woman news. Oh my gosh. Uh, All right, good. so Gal Gadot. Fire him at me. Fire him at me. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do this. Uh, Gal Gadot was pregnant during the Wonder Woman reshoots. What? Apparently they had a me- Yeah. <laughs> Apparently they had to make a special costume for her. They like cut out this like part of their costume and put like green screen over it so that <laughs> they could like change her her baby bump there oh that's funny i hate that phrase baby bump but i don't i don't know what else to call it um <laughs> see on close up i looked very much like wonder woman godot said on wide shots i looked very funny like wonder woman pregnant with kermit the frog <laughs> um, patty jenkins said she's pregnant during part of the movie in a suit out in the field in the freezing cold in others, there are so many things we asked her to do. Now do it on one foot. Now shout while you're doing it. Now it's raining in the freezing cold and you've lost your voice. Go. Every day it was a hilarious gauntlet and she would do it. That just sounds like Patty Jenkins is kind of mean. Yeah, something's just real <laughs> rough on her, which I dig, I dig. I think, I, I do think that there might have been a little more like, um, you know, I always, I always talk about how Everyone always thinks like, oh, you're going to do a black superhero? What black director are you going to get? Oh, you're going to do a woman superhero? What woman director are you going to get? You know, like, I always feel like that's a little like, 
I mean, that's fine. I'm, I'm encouraging. They should get black and female directors and all races and all sexes for, directors for everything. Yeah, but for whatever. But it yeah. doesn't necessarily, it's not ne- necessitate that a woman is going to be the best to direct a woman. Right. But in this case, and I will like, say. There's like this, there's like this weird, like segregated mentality. Right. From a lot of people that like, oh, there should be a woman directing Batgirl. And I'm like, well, you know, up until Joss made fun of the cancer patients, I was going to say, no, he's great for Batgirl. I think he still is, but I'm just like, why did he have to wait until he was a DC guy why, to piss everybody off? Why did he, what did he do? I don't know about this. Hold on. Real quick. Uh, I just wanted to say that about, <laughs> about, about, about the story we're talking about. Uh, and then you got to tell me about this Joss Whedon thing, because uh, I love that man, and I don't know what he's done to cancer patients. Um, but I think it's funny <laughs> that Patty Jenkins put Gal Gadot through all this stuff, because yeah. uh, I think a male director might have been a little softer on her, maybe? Like, there's... Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a complete generalization, but sometimes... Uh, there's a chivalry aspect that men might not want to force a woman to do, but I think a woman might see a woman as strong. That's a sexist thing. It's true, but it's sexist. And a woman yeah. might see, oh no, she can take this. Do it on one foot. Do it in the snow. Um, you know, like maybe she, maybe she pulled a little more out of Gal Gadot than a male would have. Maybe he would have been like, we'll green screen that in later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, a male would have put a little more into her. Oh, Ba-doom, boom! <laughs> well, apparently, apparently one did. <laughs> apparently, he did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, there's oh. a baby. I'm gonna be answering emails about that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, Patty Jenkins said, "Now at least we will be able to tell her daughter Maya that she's in her mom's stomach right then in the middle of that battle scene." And uh, Chuck Roven. Because he has to, uh, threw in some, uh, a couple of quotes. He said, part of what we're doing was augmenting some of the final action piece. She couldn't do a huge amount of physical activity, but she was being aggressive. She still had to be fierce. That was special. I've been doing this for a while, but I've never had that experience before. That's cool. <laughs> I dig it. Uh, you know, uh, Scarlett Johansson was pregnant for a lot of, uh, I think it was Civil War or Age of Ultron, one of those two. Oh, okay. So it's, okay. it's a, you know, them ladies can get at it. Yeah. I- Sounded weird. Even when they're pregnant. Um. Even when they're pregnant. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> there's a, there's uh. some <laughs> some Yahoo. It's like Yahoo Answers. Some guy did a Yahoo Answers thing where he like just looked up a bunch of Yahoo Answers questions and did a YouTube video, and it was just a bunch of people uh-huh. asking if they were pregnant, but they all misspelled pregnant uh-huh. and all in different ways. <laughs> <laughs> just uh-huh. it's just the guy reading him. Am I pregnant? Am I pregnant? Am I pregnant? Am I pregnant? It's just a YouTube video of this guy reading all these Yahoo answers, and it cracks me up. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, so all right, do you next wanna, story. Do you want to know about the Joss Whedon thing? Yeah, well, yeah. Tell me about the Joss Whedon thing. All right, I wasn't actually gonna like put it in, but. <laughs> Uh, um, but I'm not uh, like the people that the guy did to Gal Gadot. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't even listen to what you said. What? Oh, I just said <laughs> you said I wasn't even going to put it in, and I was like, not like the guy did to Gal Gadot. But oh, right. Yeah. yeah, her husband. Just trying to get you. Yeah. Right. Um, so basically, um, just trying to get you more emails. A... <laughs> right. So there was a there was a picture of like uh 
teenaged cancer survivors meeting with House Speaker Paul Ryan. Uh-huh. And um, Whedon retweeted the picture with his own commentary because, you know, Whedon's very liberal and he's very angry about uh, the Trump White House and everything involved with it. Right. And he said, tonight on White House Wife Hunt, Donnie, Donnie makes host P. Ryan give two more contestants the not a 10 card. Get, give him the what? Not a 10 card. And it's a poster of Paul Ryan meeting with like cancer children, teenage cancer survivors. Yeah, little little uh, little tone deaf there, Josh. Yeah, you let your like, anger, his... your anger is taking uh, taking place of the love in your heart, sir. <laughs> Calm down. Right, and yeah, and like uh, even like his diehard fans are like, dude, what the hell? <laughs> and he deleted the tweet and said, okay, I'm going to go away for a while, which is what Joss does when he screws up like this. <laughs> it just is. Um, but I, I'm just kind of like, oh, man, why did you have to wait until you were associated with DC properties to do this crap? You've been with yeah. Marvel for <laughs> What's like DC? forever. That's my question. What's DC doing to him over there? <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. That's pretty bad. So anyway, right, what's this next news? Come on, it's, it's it's pretty rough, and I'm sad about it. But whatever. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sure. Depending on, I'm sure it was just like a, a joke where he saw the picture and was like, "Oh, this is a fu- that looks like a bachelor moment." I'm gonna say this yeah. picture. Like, I, I'm sure. I'm sure he didn't even like. It just didn't cross his mind how insensitive he was being. I'm sure he's like, "This is a funny joke." I'm sure everyone will love me for it. Um, yeah. He's, he's, I think he just saw Paul Ryan, the anger mounted, yeah, and he went for it, and it was just totally tone deaf and awful. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so we still love you, Joss. We still love you, Joss. Flo- you know, I mean, f- you, is, you do a little well, flogging of yourself and and come back, come back when you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope he doesn't come in and be like, "Well, I couldn't do Batgirl now. Why?" I have to reevaluate. Oh, <laughs> I have to reevaluate who I am as a human being. <laughs> I've been living in the mind of Batgirl for a few weeks, and it really took me to a dark place. <laughs> <laughs> so the Regal uh, Regal Cinemas is doing the U- Regal Ultimate ticket for Wonder Woman, and uh, there's only a thousand, so it's probably all sold out by now. But you can go try at uh, regmovies.com forward slash Wonder Woman Ultimate Ticket. The Ultimate Ticket will cost you $100. There's only a 1,000 of them. But you will be able to see Wonder Woman for as much as you want. And apparently that's a wonderful thing. I only have time for like one or two times. Um, hmm. So I will not be purchasing this thing. That's interesting. It is. It's a, they did the same thing for BVS. That's interesting. I hadn't heard of that. Uh, that actually yeah. might be a good deal for me with Guardians. I would like... I would like seriously consider a hundred dollar ticket to Guardians that I could go as many times as I want, especially if I could go in IMAX or whatever. Like if it's like a fifteen dollar ticket anyway. I might do it if it included snacks. Like if I could just like if it was just like a one hundred dollar gift card, including snacks. That's like including snacks. That's like one time. Well, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I I just feel like that's 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 a no brainer, including snacks. But I, 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 I think mean, that, if I could just like if I was out and about for the next couple months while Guardians was in theaters and I needed to burn an hour and I could just go in for the last half of Guardians whenever I felt like it, 
Right. I could see myself doing that. It's about I mean, for me. I'm not... Rewatchability is about how fun a movie is, and thus far, DC yeah. has not established themselves as making the most fun movies. Uh, and so I don't think I would be like, I got to see that again. But uh, Guardians One was maybe the s- movie that I saw the most times in theaters ever. I think I saw I, it like eight I, times. Suicide Squad I saw once in theaters, and I saw the ex- extended edition once. Batman v Superman I saw once in theaters. And probably five or six times extended cut. <laughs> like it was, it was that deep and, and good for me. Like I like the extended, the, the ultimate edition so much. Awesome. Like I've wa- I've watched it several. Like it has the same problems that like all superhero movies have, to some degree. Where like, and a lot of TV has like across the spectrum. Where it's just like all you had to do was say like, "Hey, he kidnapped my mom." All you and, had like, to do is what? I'm sorry, you broke up. All you had to say was like, "Hey, Luther kidnapped my mom. Help!" And like that whole fight didn't have to take place right but that's like every the every movie ever right like, like i've i've had those problems in like every marvel movie like every dc movie ever and every almost every movie i've ever seen like because yeah. if you or tv show because if you just say like hey i didn't sleep with your sister then well like a whole season of tv doesn't happen that is the it, <laughs> I, I would say that is the problem bvs has that problem specifically because you've got good guys on opposite sides like anytime you try to put two good guys on opposite sides uh you yeah. you get that now and that i would say and i feel like civil war even had that problem i don't think civil war had that problem at all i was about to say the exact because opposite. all they have to say is like hey dude Winter Soldier was brainwashed when he killed your your folks. No, dude. no, no. He Calm said the hell down. he said that he said that, and Tony said I don't care and threw him. And I think that was a completely legitimate thing. And it wasn't just that. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't just that uh, he he knew. It, like it it made absolute sense in that movie. In that, I, there's one thing that could have Cap could have come to him earlier and told him. I have a feeling it was. Winter Soldier who killed your parents. Or actually, I know it was Winter Soldier who killed your parents, so you need to start dealing with yeah. that emotionally so that when we find the Winter Soldier, you're not trying to kill him. Um, right. But he didn't want, he was trying to find Bucky on his own and didn't want a, he didn't want the problem that happened at the end of the movie, which was yeah. Tony Stark trying to kill his friend. <laughs> so he kept it yeah, to himself. Right. Um, right. And he didn't know how I he'd react. You. So, so I don't think that was the same case, but. And I, even, even so, I still don't know that uh, in, in BVS, I don't know that that was a huge problem. Um, yeah, you know, it wasn't a huge problem for me. But, you know, at the that's what I'm saying. But, like, I only saw Winter Soldier. I mean, not Winter Soldier. Uh, I saw Winter Soldier like four or five times. Uh, Civil, Civil War, War, I watched way less. Way, oh. I only watched one time. I've watched that airport scene several times, but I haven't seen, like, the whole movie. I saw it one time and went, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love I love Civil War so much, and yeah yeah I think it has, I think it has a few moments where it drags near the beginning because they have a lot to set up. But man, I love that movie. Yeah. Man, I love that. Which movie. is the same a little. It's the same for BVS for me. Like I, I thought if you I don't know if you've seen the honest trailers. I can't remember if it was for BVS or Civil War, but they pointed out like how those two movies have way more in common than either fan base wants to admit. Oh no, I I I I said that. I said that as soon as I saw. I said that when I saw the movies before I saw that on his trailer like these plots have a ton in common. It's just that Civil War did it right yeah. and the movie was awful. Uh, I don't I I think I think kind of I don't think as as drastically in the opposite direction because I I did enjoy a lot of Civil War. 
I, but I did like BVS better. Yeah, I just don't even understand what planet you're coming from. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Perhaps it was a mistake to call Matt in this time of need. Um, <laughs> over to Justice League. Uh, Momoa was talking to GQ. He says, Aquaman has never really been accepted on land. He was never accepted in Atlantis. He's a half-breed, but he's the best of both worlds, talking about how he's an outsider. Uh, and he says, uh, he doesn't know, he does, he just doesn't know how to handle his powers. So it's kind of a coming of age for a young man to a man or a king to a king. He's lost a lot of things and he's just got to cope. Cool. He's an outsider. Like a good outsider. I'm really, I'm really excited for Aquaman and James Wan, uh, directing it. Um, absolutely. James you know, Wan's everybody. great. Every, yeah. He's, uh, I think he's, he usually does horror and I'm, I'm, I really want to see what he brings to like the underworld water of Atlantis. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the Fast and the Furious stuff that he did, like he, he's gonna, he's gonna have good action mm-hmm. sensibility, good horror mm-hmm. sensibility. It could be great. Um, Momoa also talked about being pretty much the first guy, like he's planting the flag. He didn't say that, but that's just my terminology. He says, we've never really seen anything from this guy before. So it's fun to have a level of play. I have a level playing field. There aren't like four Aquamans before me. I get to set the tone for it, which I mean, there was that cat in in Smallville, but uh, Alan Richson, but, uh, you know. I mean, he did a fine job. But yeah. I oh, mean, dude. They're not really going for that kind of tone. I've been watching this new show, what? This Is Us. Have you heard of this show? Uh, I saw a trailer for it and almost threw up in my mouth. I love this show. <laughs> I love it I, I keep hearing so that. much. Um, and I keep I, hearing that. I watched the first couple of it. It's a weird, it's a really weird show. And I don't even want to tell you anything because you got to watch right. it. To, don't tell me. There's, there there, there are like legit that. spoilers I could tell you. And it's fun to, it's fun. You know what's weird is... My girlfriend Bethany, you know Bethany. She, I do. Uh, I, I say that. I say that for the audience. Yeah. Bethany has started watching Party of Five on Netflix, and for whatever reason, it has sparked an, an insane need within me to go check out This Is Us. <laughs> I don't know why it's, I am equating those two yeah, in my head. It's not an insane. It's not insane. It's really good. Really good show. Um, but I get I get what you're saying. Uh, but but one of the main characters, I was like looking at him and I was like, I know this guy from somewhere. And I was like trying to place it. Oh yeah, Green Arrow. Yeah, it's Oliver Queen from Smallville. I was like, oh yeah, yeah Justin Hartley. Yeah, Justin Hartley. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's great on This Is Us, and he's he's he, yeah. Yeah, he was took me a he while. Was great as Ollie. Yeah, he was. I, I took me a really like like fifteen episodes of This Is Us to realize who he was. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh no, I saw the trailer and I went Ollie, because it's just how I think of him. Like sometimes, in a lot of ways, more than Stephen Amell. I like what Stephen Amell is doing right now on Arrow, which you haven't caught up. Nope, I'm real far behind. Um, uh, uh, to me, uh, Justin Hartley played a more comic book accurate Ollie Queen. Um, who was a little more lighthearted, more jokey. So, um, yeah, I kind of, um, I kind of think of him a lot of times when I'm thinking about Green Arrow. Huh. But yeah, I saw him and was like, oh my gosh, that's him. Yes, I'm glad he's doing something. Apparently, and you know. apparently, I just, I just looked him up on IMDb. Apparently, in 2006, he starred as Aquaman in a pilot for Aquaman for television. Hartley did. Yeah, Hartley was uh, Arthur I, Curry yeah. on a pilot, yeah. only the pilot episode in 2006, and then that's all they did, I guess. I saw, I saw that pilot episode, but I don't remember it at all. Yeah, it was apparently Justin Hartley. That's kind of funny that he jumped from one DC hero to the next. That is pretty interesting. I mean, it happens, but sure. I mean, that's interesting. I, 
I mean, Alan Richson's apparent Richson, who was uh, Aquaman on Smallville, is apparently one of the Ninja Turtles in the Michael Bay movies. Oh, that's but, funny. Um, yeah, I I think that's interesting, and I I forgotten that he was Aquaman. I don't remember him as Aquaman, but I know I saw that. I know I saw that uh, that pilot. I was watching. Uh, I was watching. Oh gosh, what I'm trying to say. I was watching uh, Iron Fist, and I know you haven't seen it yet, so I won't spoil anything. Right. Uh, but uh, watching Iron Fist, and uh, it starts. Uh, the, the the hand comes up, and certain elements of the hand started reminding me of the Foot Clan. You know. Uh, in well, in the, the foot, no no well, I know the foot clan was that's what yeah. that's what's so funny like I, I was like I was like I was like man this is <laughs> this is reminding me so much of the foot clan oh right because it's based on the foot clan is based on the right. hand <laughs> sure yeah. it was just funny it was funny since you know originally it was kind of a parody but then in those in those movies in the nineties movies of the Teenage Turtles they don't treat it like a parody they they treat it like a superhero movie these are turtles who are saving you from the foot clan and so the realistic version of Iron Fist with the hand and then the kind of attempt at realism of the turtles in the nineties kind of landed <laughs> in sort of the same place for the hand and the, uh, and I don't know. It was just kind of, it was, it was an interesting moment when I was like, that's weird. They kind of came around from different angles and landed in the same place. Um, yeah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, Lego toys have been, uh, popping up and they've shown, you know, a Lego rendition of Steppenwolf and the flying Fox from justice league, you know, nice. And, uh, and the night crawler that's coming from justice league, uh, the night crawler and the fan and the flying Fox looks pretty much to me like a Lego version of the things that we've already seen. Uh, Flying Fox, we haven't actually seen the external view of in any of the trailers, but it looks like just like a little mini airship, like a, you know, almost like a Batman version of the helicarrier from Avengers to me. Okay. Um, like a cross between the the helicarrier and maybe a Quinjet from X-Men. Is, is Flying um, Fox the name of the, uh, like the base for them or something? Like what is the, what is the Flying Fox? I don't know that. It's, it's, yeah, it's not from the comics as far as I know. I don't remember anything like that from the comics, but it's like an airship that Bruce Wayne has flying about. And one of the cool things about the Legos is the Lego Batmobile fits inside. Oh, neat. It just, yeah, it just rolls inside and there's like a little hatch. And I'm sure that's, you know, true of, um, of the flying fox in the movie. Um, we've only seen the interiors in the trailers, um, now the Steppenwolf figure. You think the fly is, is it named after uh, Lucius there? I would assume it was made. It was named after Lucius Fox. I would assume that. Yeah, that's neat. Lucius Fox has taken on, even in the source material, has taken on much more of a uh, proactive role in the creation of Batman's gadgets. I just, I think, mostly because writers realize that Batman wouldn't have time to do everything. Um, I really like, like the what they comics. did with Lucius this week on Gotham. By the way, that was pretty great. Oh my gosh, right? Oh, so good. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway. So, wait, are you talking about tonight or are you talking about last week? Last week. Okay, yeah, last week was amazing. Uh, have you already seen tonight? On... No. I, I haven't either. It. I haven't either. So, uh, we're we're in the same we're in the same boat. I, I really love what right. they did with Lucius this week. Yeah. So, uh the Steppenwolf figure, I don't do you know who Steppenwolf is? Are you aware? A little bit. Uh, just mostly from Step- the fact that he was I yeah. know he's like a like a servant of dark side or whatever. Well, he's also the uncle of dark side. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I knew that. Um, and, 
you know, it's been it's been talked about that he's gonna be like sort of taking over worlds for Darkseid in this movie, but he's like enslaved to Darkseid. Like yeah. it's like a new fold, like a little new wrinkle in the uh in the idea of the character for this film. But uh in terms of what he'll look like, he's pretty much based on this Lego figure, as much as you can glean from a Lego figure, he pretty much just looks like the rendition of Steppenwolf we got in Batman v Superman, which isn't a surprise. Yeah. Um in that deleted scene that wound up being in the ultimate cut. Of um, the communion scene, as they called it, with uh, yeah Lex Luthor talking to the big creature, he just looks like that to me. I I don't see a difference. Cool. Um, Aquaman. Aquaman has begun fu- filming finally in Australia. They did a ton of uh, they did a ton of location um, finding for this thing. Like we've been, you know, we've seen reports from James Wan over the last few months, uh, shooting beautiful places and sending us pictures and, you know, the fan base pictures and saying, Oh man, look at this place. Ah, uh, yeah, that's pretty place. Um, but they're going to be, they're going to start filming in Queensland, Australia. Um, and you know, a lot of films have been shooting in Australia lately, including, you know, a fair amount of the Marvel movies. So, um, <laughs> I think like Thor Ragnarok just left Queensland. Oh, was it in Queensland? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure where they were. Yeah. Uh, I think so. That's cool. I think so. But, um, so that's happening. Um, there was a picture of, uh, Django Fett, uh, Tamira Morrison. He played Django Fett. Okay. In the, uh, the Star Wars prequel. Uh, I think the second one, whatever that one yeah, was. Yeah. Uh, Attack of the Clones thing, whatever that well, Yeah. Those awful prequels. Um, <laughs> but it's a picture of, uh, Jason Momoa hugging the guy, you know, that Tamora Morrison is, we've reported, uh, previously is going to be playing Thomas Curry, the father of, of Aquaman. Okay. And, uh, one of the funniest things I've seen, and you know, I, I, I want to, I'm pro DC here. I've enjoyed some Aquaman stories in my time, but, uh, you know, uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen, uh, the guy playing Black Manta posted picture a picture of uh, himself after a uh, Q&A on Twitter an impromptu Twitter Q&A where he asked what he should be reading and they people gave him recommendations he posted a picture of himself with a ton of Aquaman comics and he says looks like I've got some reading to do and uh, bleedingcool.com put up an article that with a with the tagline with the, let me sorry the tagline the headline suffering for his art Black Manta actor Yahya Abdul-Mateen II to read Aquaman comics for research. (laughs) (laughs) His Aquaman comics are kind of notoriously bad. (laughs) There there are some that are really good, like, you know, I don't know, The Death of a Prince is pretty good. Uh, 70s stuff, though. Um, You know, uh, Peter David's entire run, Triton Saga, all that stuff is really good. Jeff Johns does a good job with Aquaman comics. There have been some really good ones, but he's just not a popular character. His stuff's always gotten canceled, or for a lot of times gotten canceled. Um, but, um, yeah, that, I just thought it was funny. It made me laugh that he was suffering for his art. <laughs> <laughs> uh, over to the Batman news, the Batman solo film, Matt Reeves uh, talked about his obsession with Batman as a child to the Los Angeles Daily News. He says, it's a strange thing to be involved in the two franchises, which were the two that I was connected to most as a child. He's talking about the Planet of the Apes franchise and Batman. 
He says, I was just obsessed with Batman when I was a kid. What I find so interesting about him as a character is that as far as a superhero goes, he's not superhuman. He is a person, and he is a tortured soul who's grappling with his past and trying to find a way to be in a world that has a lot that's wrong with it and trying to find a way to reconcile all of that. That is a really powerful character in the same way that Caesar is such a powerful character in the Planet of the Apes. Cool. Uh, I've so, still yeah, yet I'm, to see I'm those down... new, new Planet of the Apes. Me too, man. I haven't seen any of that. I've seen the, the, the first one with James Franco. Uh, but I haven't seen yeah. the 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 two sequels yet. No, I I, I need to because I love the original series. I really didn't like the yeah. Mark Wahlberg movie. <laughs> yeah, well, we we ignored that one here. Yeah. Um, someone was uh someone online was making a case that apparently that Mark Wahlberg movie that ending you know that makes no sense uh yeah. is apparently closer to the original script for the original Planet of the Apes or whatever. Hmm. And uh, apparently, whatever the sequel goes on would have gone on to make it make sense, but uh, oh, they never okay. did that. <laughs> well, so it definitely didn't look, make sense with know, the. It, apparently, in the original script, if not the original book, I'm not sure about the book, but in the if it was it, ba- I don't even know if it was based on a book. To be honest, in the original, it was, it was based on a book. Yes, the, it was based on a book. And but like the the original movie with Charlton Heston didn't go by the book's ending. Right. And I don't remember what the book's ending was. I know I love the original ending of the original Planet of the Apes. The movie, but the right. the original Planet of the Apes, yeah, the movie Me too. was written by Rod Serling of the Twilight Zone. Oh, well, that, there you go. Apparently, the original script, though, did not have that ending. It had an ending similar to what you see in the Mark Wahlberg movie. Uh, but then they, they did some rewrites and eventually came on the... Uh, that version where it's the same planet, but years later, apparently that was not the mm-hmm. original concept, uh, which I thought. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Uh, which I thought was really cool. Uh, and, and the idea that maybe that this Mark Wahlberg movie was actually closer to the original source material, but they just never did it. They never finished it. And so I still don't know. I need to like go and read the original book to figure out like why that could make sense. <laughs> uh, okay. Sorry. I uh, just, just yeah, I don't know. Had to touch on that Mark Wahlberg movie. <laughs> so what else? Uh, you- a lot of people had just would love to touch on some Mark Wahlberg anything. But to be fair though, I never I've never seen any. <laughs> I have uh, say hello to your mother for me. I've never seen anything <laughs> any Planet of the Apes anything but the Mark Wahlberg movie and the original Rod Serling. Oh really? Uh, Charlton Heston movie. You yeah. never saw the sequels to the original? No. Man, no. there there's some pretty good movies, I must say. Yeah. There's a there's an entire movie and I not to spoil it for you, but it is from the seventies. Uh there's an entire movie. <laughs> that doesn't that there's an entire that doesn't make it <laughs> there, there's an entire movie. That doesn't make it okay if you know I haven't seen it. Well, yeah, but if if you had lived in the seventies, you would have seen the trailer for this and it would have been in the trailer. You just Okay. This is the concept of the third movie. The third movie, two of the apes get in a, Uh get in a ship and go back in time to the seventies to current day. So the, the the third movie is just these two apes, uh, wait, like waking up in our time and having to live like, and they become celebrities and they like go on talk shows and shit. It's super weird. It's like a weird seventies movie. Uh, I've yeah, it's great. Though. And they, it's like a par- it's a like grandfather paradox, isn't it? Like they just basically become the, the the sentient apes that breed the sentient apes that 
wind yes. up causing the planet of the Ips in the first yes, place. Ex- uh, yes, it is. And then yeah. and the, the I'm I'm a huge I'm a huge Roddy McDowell fan, so I've actually I've flirted quite a bit with watching all of them. I just haven't gotten around to you it. You should. The the all five uh, are great. <laughs> well, I think what what always ultimately bothers me is that there was a television series that doesn't have an ending that was tied into all of those movies. Oh yeah. Well, I just I would say ignore it and watch the five because the five are like the the movie canon. I'm sure there's a. I don't know what they did yeah. in the television series, but the the the, mo- the movies were pretty cool, and they and they do kind yeah, of wrap know. it all up nicely. Okay, well maybe I'll do that, but I'll probably uh, I'll probably just try to ignore those and and go ahead with the uh, with the uh, Matt Reeves movies that have just recently happened. If I get around to it, I've yeah. been told various times with various different. Yeah, we uh, should do myriad people in my life you, are telling me to watch. Let's do, let's do a let's do a let's do a separate podcast like podcast mini <laughs> mini mini podcast where we just do an episode for like a like a nine episode mini podcast series where we just cover all the uh, Planet of the Apes movies. <laughs> this is like the twenty seventh thing you've suggested we do a podcast about i know man we should do a podcast and the you know this is this is all the more evidence you know i know we're gonna get nothing but fan feedback saying this was the best episode of your podcast ever um Uh (laughs) uh-huh yeah i'm gonna get like four people going when's jason coming back yeah exactly no one's gonna everyone's gonna be like why why did you have him on he did nothing but bash dc Yeah, this uh, is why I don't uh, do a DC podcast <laughs> because I couldn't talk positively about it. Um, you should well, you I should mean, podcast. You know. I mean, like legitimately, you should podcast about a thing you really love, and you really love a lot of the DC yeah. stuff. And I do too. I want it. I want it to be there, but I don't. I have such negative emotions about some of it that I I couldn't. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to really subject love... the fans to my voice every week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know. I really, I really love Marvel and DC. Like, I, I love a lot of the stuff they do on Marvel. Like, I don't think I like it as much as you and Jeff do, as far as Marvel. Yeah, man. Because <laughs> sometimes it's just you guys are just you. I just don't agree. I'm just like, gosh, especially not Jeff. Yeah, Jeff is just like blind. Jeff is like blind hatred for DC. Yeah, like, no, like and a I'm football fan I'm not... would be for you know an op- opposing team or something. And he he has no qualms about that. He's just like, <laughs> yeah, of course I do. Of course I hate DC and I love Marvel. What? Um, I'm not there. I'm 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 a much more measured. Uh, I have the things I don't like, and yeah. they're they're because I didn't like them in the movies, not because I just don't like DC. I right. want DC to be great. Like I said, one of my favorite TV shows on it right now is Gotham. I freaking love Gotham. Mm-hmm. But right. Uh, Gotham and Agents of Shield yeah, are I mean, kind of tied willing, to the top for me. You're, yeah, you're at least willing to take Kevin Feige's dick out of your mouth long enough to sample the hors d'oeuvres, you know. <laughs> keep oh. uh, keep Snyder away from me. <laughs> Moving on. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> this will break your heart. This will break your heart, and it broke my heart. Oh no! There was a rumor going. There was a rumor going on this week that Robert Zemeckis was in talks to direct The Flash. Oh yeah, there was that rumor. It did it get a? Is it not true? It got squashed pretty much. Um, that does break my heart. Uh, for for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Zemeckis, Bob Zemeckis, the great Bob Zemeckis, uh, did the, the Back to the Future trilogy and Forrest Gump. Wonderful filmmaker. Um, but uh, first, uh, El Mayimbi, uh came out and said that it wasn't true. Uh, Umberto Gonzalez, he said it wasn't true. Not he's not in talks. 
he took a meeting and that is it. They're still meeting with other directors. And, um, and then Zemeckis actually updated his uh, schedule. It looks like he's, he's going to be doing the remake of the 2010 documentary uh, Marwin Call whatever the hell that is. No, uh, no idea. For November 21st, 2018. Yeah, I don't know. That's a bummer. Um, I really love to see him on The Flash, mostly because it's probably going to involve time travel, and that would be a lot of fun to see him back on yeah, time travel I property. Love, I would love to see uh, uh, Zemeckis. God, I would love to see him do any of this stuff, but Back to the Future trilogy is my favorite trilogy of all time. Mine too. And uh, I, uh, well, look at that. We agreed. Oh, yeah. Baby. <laughs> you know me, and you have a lot of the same loves. We do. Um, <laughs> so um, uh, we're officially into the Batwiener seg- segment, I feel. Uh, Henry Cavill celebrated National Superhero Day, which was earlier this week. I don't know the actual day. I don't remember. I didn't write it down because it wasn't important. But, screw, uh, Henry screw, Cavill, him. Uh, screw him. Screw yeah. <laughs> him. He's like, I'm going to, I am Superman. I'm going to celebrate this day. <laughs> Stop celebrating yourself, well, Cavill. Hen- Henry Cavill posted a selfie of himself and he wrote fly your colors today brothers and sisters it's national superhero day i personally just want to thank all of you guys and gals for keeping us so entertained and setting such a fantastic example for superhero fans young and old around the world and he tagged every superhero from every marvel movie dc movie fox marvel movie and sony marvel movie so he respected everyone, you jerk. No, no, no. I um, That's great. I still feel like <laughs> if you're playing Superman, the obviously, like, number one superhero, like, if you think of superheroes and you say, who is the superhero? Like, he's the superhero. Superman. Yeah. Uh, well, superhero, uh, Superman was the first superhero. Exactly. So, like, you, you think of it, and then he's like, let's celebrate Superhero Day. I mean... Really? Well, you know, <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing, man. It's fine. <laughs> I'm just being a being Val a hard Kilmer, ass. Uh, yeah, I know. Val Kilmer took to the interwebs to uh, pre- <laughs> celebrate National Superhero Day too. Uh, my actual tagline for this was, or headline for this was, Val Kilmer does some weird Batman stuff. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he did like a weird Batman themed video. And, um, he put on, like, this weird, like, splotchy white and black mask, Batman mask, and he's got a weird voice now, because apparently, like, Michael Douglas came out a few, like, a few months ago and said that Val Kilmer had throat cancer, and Val Kilmer said, no, I didn't have cancer, and then he did, like, a Reddit, uh, uh, whatever the thing is, answer thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what it's called now. AMA. But, um, AMA, that's it. Uh, he did like a AMA over there and he said he did have cancer and he's recovering, but any, and his tongue is swollen. But anyway, uh, in this clip, he's saying, <laughs> you know what, uh, he puts on the you know that whole thing, says, you know, with Michael Douglas and throat cancer thing, right? You know, that whole thing, right? Yes. I know why he's <laughs> the whole thing where he said he, yeah, he got yeah, it from giving said, cunnilingus. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just thought that was, yeah. so it's funny that he's going around outing other people for throat cancer. It's like, he's saying, you know what they've been doing, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh pleasing yeah. their women. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. I I hadn't considered that, but I, I you hear Michael sure. Douglas and throat cancer in the same sentence, you really can't uh right. can't get it out of your head. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it did occur to me that uh 
it did. I did remember why why Michael Douglas had throat cancer, but it didn't occur to me that he was just trying to out other people <laughs> as performing cutalingus. Like, it seems like it. It seems like it. Although I think I thought Val, Val Kilmer was a gayman, isn't he? A gayman? You know, a gayman. Is that a term? <laughs> I just think it's it's a funny way to say gay man. <laughs> <laughs> I, not to my knowledge, I don't know. I don't keep up with Val Kilmer. I just I, I, I thought wasn't that was the case. I'm, I wasn't particularly impressed with his, you know, rendition of Batman, and I haven't. He was good in The Saint. I'll give him that. He was good in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and I think he played a gay man in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Uh, but just, I mean, not all people with throat cancer has performed cunnilingus. Yeah, that's true. So I mean I don't know I don't I don't think it really matters I mean oh it doesn't matter at all I just thought that that was the case let's to be and just to be fair I'm not looking it up now because if you post if you type in anything is so and so gay there are like equal numbers of articles saying yes and no <laughs> because the internet believes everybody's gay <laughs> anyway <laughs> no yeah apparently he was married to a woman though so there yeah there's that. Ah, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. <laughs> Why, how am I on this? Still proves nothing. How am I on this side of the argument now? I'm on this side of Still the argument. Still proves nothing. I mean, I don't there I was no argument. It. I just had, I thought I'd, uh, I thought I'd read that or something, <laughs> and I am not, I'm not making a value judgment. I'm just saying I thought that was the case. So he probably didn't get it in the no, same, just a, probably didn't get it in the same way that you know. Michael Douglas got it. That's all I'm saying. Right. No, yeah, no. It was, no, it was just that the antiquated, you know, awful people in 1995, Said that the out, the Batman costume he wore was gay. That's what confused you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, no. He he posted this thing of it's a clip that he's doing with a friend of his, a filmmaker friend of his. And they're making some sort of a strange comedy sketch. It's very bizarre. And he puts they he and his buddy put on a bunch of different kinds of masks and outfits that resemble Batman. And then at the end, he puts on this weird splotchy mask, and he says, it's been a while. And he got a lot of good uh, press for that. A lot of people liked it, so they put up another one that had, like, very, like a bit, uh, like a, not bit, uh, midi version of uh, Seals Kissed by a Rose, which was on the Batman Forever soundtrack. Yeah. And then, like, a different different versions of the, of the song played throughout, like, the, you know, 50-second video, whatever it was. But, um... It's uh his his buddy is David Cho I guess is how you pronounce that and they did it for National Superhero Day so that's weird and I don't know what's going on with that but Val Kilmer does say he would love to play Batman again and uh, you know he says his tongue is swollen and is still healing from the cancer but uh, I I've I've been very vocal on this podcast as saying I would love to see Michael Keaton and Val Kilmer and for that matter Clooney and Bale come back and play Batman. In like a with alongside Affleck in like a uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths type of situation, I think that would be really dope. I'd love to see that. Yeah, man, that'd be cool. Um, like I don't even care. It's like let's just do multiple universes. That's I, I is my my favorite thing. By the way, you know the band Eels? I do. You know the guy, the guy, the main singer songwriter, the singer songwriter, the guy, uh, Mark Everett. His dad was a scientist. His dad was the guy that created the multiverse theory. Like, came up with that. Like, the Everett Wheeler multiverse theory. No, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, and his dad was, like, shunned in the community for years, and now it's, like, one of the prevailing theories of how the universe works. <laughs> I think it's kind of weird. Yeah, that's crazy. Anyway. <laughs> 
I, I heard him on uh, Mark Maron's podcast, and he's like, yeah, my dad was uh, the the Parallel Earths guy. <laughs> and as soon as he said it, I was like, holy shit, Everett Wheeler? Yeah, so that was fun. Anyway, <laughs> so there, uh, Chief Brody Rules on YouTube, YouTube user, put out a video. He made a trailer that was, what if Batman v Superman was a buddy cop film? I sent you this thing. What did you feel? What did you think about it, man? Oh, oh, something's happening. <laughs> Sorry, you probably have to edit this moment. <laughs> eh, we're pretty lax about editing. Sorry, I was, <laughs> you were in the middle of a thing and I had to get up and go close the door and, uh, so I could hear you, but I couldn't talk. <laughs> ah. uh, yeah, I loved it. I thought that was really fun. They did a really good job. They like picked from a, took footage from a bunch of different movies to make this like buddy cop yeah. moment. Uh, thing. yeah, it, it seriously seemed like a lethal weapon movie. Yeah, it did. With Batman it was and fun. And some of the little, uh, some of my favorite things were when they just like inserted like CGI'd in Batman or Superman into some other movie and it was just, it was funny. It was pretty funny. Yeah, it was it was pretty phenomenal. I enjoyed uh, Johnny. I don't we really don't talk a whole lot about like fan made videos like this, but that one like I laughed hard enough and we got excited enough that I was just like, yeah, I want I kind of want to talk about this, because um, it was totally like a lethal weapon in a lot of ways. It was funny. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. I would never actually want to see it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, as no. Far as a it, I would want movie. them to make a full movie out of it, but that trailer <laughs> was fun to watch. <laughs> it was. Okay, guys, so that's all the news I have. All right. We made it. I, I think that's all we got. Yeah, we're only, only two hours. Yeah, only, only <laughs> just made just under two hours. Sorry, I tried to diverted the conversation a bunch. It was fun to talk about all these things. I don't, we don't get to talk about DC much over on the Marvel cast, so, uh, it's good. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun. I, I love DC as, as little, as little as it seems like that sometimes. I really do love DC and I want to, I want all these movies to be awesome. I'm really, yeah, really I mean, hoping. I remember- for great things from Justice League and from uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah. Like in my in my head, I just hope that things become. And you know, I don't. I haven't lost hope because for me, like the first three Marvel movies weren't like the greatest thing ever. Like Iron Man was pretty rocking. Iron, like, Man Iron Man was Man two and great. Uh, I thought Iron Man was uh, Iron Man two and Incredible Hulk was kind of iffy. Yeah. Well, the thing is, and, and and not to get into. Not to get into why I'm hating, but here's my the big mistake yeah. I feel that DC made mm-hmm. is I feel, and this I know you disagree with me on this, but I feel that they tried to put the cart before the horse. Uh, they 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 saw the success of this extended universe that Marvel had created and how great Avengers was, and they were like, we can do that. We're gonna do it too, and so they decided to make a Justice League movie, and they they made a Superman. That was, you know, uh, iffy on how well it was received. Some people like it, some people don't. Then they went right into a Batman v Superman movie. I would have much rather seen us a, a Batman movie and a Superman movie and a Wonder Woman movie and a Flash movie and a Cyborg movie and then a Justice League. You know, mm. I just which is funny because Chris Pratt actually of Guardians of the Galaxy made a similar comment, but he said he liked all the DC movies. He he's not like a harsh critic on them. But he was talking about how, like, he felt like that was the same problem with Suicide Squad. 
is that they just introduced all these characters, and I'm like, that's funny, because he was, like, bringing up, like, I mean, like, they did the Iron Man trilogy, they did, and he was a little wrong, because they did Avengers and then Iron Man 3, but whatever. Right. Um, well, they, they, they did Iron Man 1 and 2. just now finishing the Thor trilogy. Yeah, and they're just now finishing the Thor trilogy, like, two <laughs> Avengers movies in, right. or whatever. All but, of them only you know, had one before Avengers. He was a Avengers. wrong what he was talking about, but... Um, but I just thought it was incredibly funny coming from a guy who was in Guardians of the Galaxy, a movie that just introduced a whole bunch of characters, and I only like like three of them because I, that's all I remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, well, I got you know I know Gamora was there, but I don't. I mean, you know, adopted daughter of Darkseid and all. I'm not our Darkseid Thanos. Sorry, I think Thanos there's a was difference. A of Darkseid in the comics, but I think there's a difference yeah. when you have a team that. <laughs> I think there's a difference though when you when you introduce a team in a, in a team movie. Uh, Suicide Squad could have right. been a great team movie. I, I, I didn't like it, but it wasn't because because there's too many characters. People always criticize things for having too many characters in them, and I don't think that's the problem. Mm-hmm. I think it's the characters, the characters that you're introducing. Like through most of that movie, Drax, Gamora, uh, Drax, Gamora, Groot, and Rocket are not the protagonists. Through most of that movie, right. you have a protagonist. Right. And then by the sure. end, they've joined his team. And it's a team movie yeah. where they rally behind one protagonist. And if you do it just mm-hmm. in, in, in Batman v Superman, they're doing the opposite. They're doing like, these two guys are fighting. But it's like, I don't know anything about this version of Batman, you know, like, except that he's more yeah. brutal than any Batman we've seen. Well, look, we're, but we're not talking about BVS. We're talking about, you know, Suicide Squad, you know, and to me, it's like a lot. Every movie is different. And I enjoy all these movies to, on some level, but you know, like when you look at uh, when you look at Guardians of the Galaxy, I remember Rocket. I remember feeling things for him and Groot to some degree, and Peter Quill and kind of Gamora and kind of Drax. Yeah, but like they were more there. Like Drax was more there for like comedic effect, as was Groot. Right. And until he said, we are Groot, and I was just like, oh. Yeah. But, well, well the, the, that's the thing is just they um, all have their moments where they become, yeah. you be, you get you get behind them. From the very beginning, Drax is threatening Peter Quill, and he's like, uh, he, yeah. he's wanting to kill him. And you actually, there's a bit of fear there. Like, I don't know about this guy. Um, right, and, and, right, and, right, right. and Rocket and uh, Rocket and Groot are just like, they're thieves. They're not really on anyone's side. They're just trying to get some, you know, get out of jail again. Um they, sure. it's a, they all have their own little things going on, and then, then when they realize there's that obviously there's that scene, and it's a similar scene in, in, in as of like the Serenity table scene, where there's that circle mm-hmm. there's that circle scene in Guardians where they they sit and they have the camera swirling around, they all just talk about what they what they've got to do mm-hmm. and uh, and 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 realizing that they have to take responsibility and do something for other people, and it's just a nice moment. Yeah. And that's when they become the team. It was, but from the beginning, yeah. it's just a Peter Absolutely. Quill story. You know, it's the Peter Quill story until yeah. then. Yeah, that scene. Like I, I think of that scene as the "I aim to misbehave" sequence. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly what I'm Fans talking about. Fans of Serenity will know what I'm talking about. Yep. But I mean, I, I love Guardians of the Galaxy. I thought it was a fantastic movie. Uh, I thought it was a better movie than Suicide Squad. I, I, I'll admit, I, you know, I'm not, you know, I do a DC pe- a podcast, but I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy was a better movie than Suicide Squad. I'm sorry, guys. It just was. <laughs> uh, same time, I enjoyed Suicide Squad. Yeah, man. I did. It was not, you know, it had editing problems, which is what happens when you have a theater, uh, sorry, a trailer house edit your film, yep. which they had like three different edits of the film, and apparently one of them the was just David a trailer Ayer's actual company. edit didn't. Well, no, like one of the edit, like one of the like the David Ayer's cut of the movie apparently like bummed 
audiences out. <laughs> well, yeah, I would have. I would have. And not, thing, but for good you know, reason. You know the like, biggest. It was like the biggest sin for me for for from uh from Suicide Squad. The biggest, my biggest moment of that movie that bothers me. It could there have been there could have been ways to rectify it. Uh huh. But what what's when uh, Diablo says? Uh, I forget the line. I think he says we're family. And then he like uh-huh. turns into the big beasts and like s- sacrifices himself, saving everyone. Yeah, it's a stretch. Such a stretch. It's, it's like they've been f- they've been on this mission for like three hours. Um, yeah, and I like they, I could have I could have done that, with, like they've, they've tolerated they've tolerated each other for all of like ten minutes. Yeah, and and I could have done with like they had that whole conversation in the in the bar about how they're all bad guys and how they don't have a home. They they all had don't have a place to be and they're all kind of have their own. Si- they're sort of similar in these different ways, right? I could have seen him being like. Yeah, that's why you don't fuck with the bad guys or something like that. Like we're like like understanding that they are a brotherhood of sorts because they have a similarity is one thing, but mm-hmm. calling them family was like the craziest thing I'd seen. I was like, "What are you? There is no basis like, for that." Yeah, I would have been happier with like a line about like him just accepting the fact that he needed to be redeemed. Or he needed to atone for his sins. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that could have fit his character great. Like, uh, like I destroyed my world. I might as well save everyone else's. Or like something, like almost like a. You I know? could see like a nihilistic version where he's just kind of like, I've been dead the whole time, kind of thing. Like I don't, I don't. I'm going in for this because you know, like I've, yeah. I deserve to be gone after what I've done. You know, like because sure. he like murder his family or something like that in the canon. Yeah, he did. He did. He murdered his Like, family. I could absolutely see him just, like, embracing his death because he deserves it and, yeah. it and it being the thing that redeems him. Like, that's a beautiful arc. But him saying, we're family now because we... Like, because, plus, you don't really want to be family with this guy. You know what he does to his family. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's the point. Like, I'm not going to kill another family. But, yeah, that, that was a problem. And, you know, I, I didn't care for the... Uh, I didn't care for a few things. Like, I didn't like. I didn't like Killer Croc. I didn't think he looked good. I thought he enough, was. Good I enough. thought he was straight up a racist character. I mean, uh, why? Why was he? Why I don't he know. Racist? Like, he had like a not him as racist. I thought the depiction of him, the way he like really wanted BET real bad. Yeah. Like it had this sort of problematic racial thing where it was like, I don't know if you are black. You're alligator skinned. Like I don't know what. I don't know yeah. what culture you come from, but it seems like they're just like throwing. It's almost as bad as like whatever the, the in there like one of the uh, Transformers is supposed to be urban in quotation marks, and so he's always just talking like this, and his name's Jazz, and he's like, yeah, uh, it, it kind of felt like they were doing that to him, but it, even in a worse <laughs> way because they weren't just like giving him a voice; they were giving him this trait that he just really wanted to see BET in his. Right. That was that's really yeah. a weird. Well, the actor was black. Okay, yes, yeah, I, I didn't even I didn't even know, yeah. but I I just it just felt a little strange. I don't know. Yeah, and, it and did feel a little weird. But, also, the ropes you know. guy uh, that they kill off immediately. <laughs> yeah, I so would have loved I would have loved that moment if they had given him a backstory. Yeah, and but they, they just I decided, think they, like they 
we all knew he was done. Well, but the, the we knew he was done, but yeah, because they didn't give him a backstory. I would have loved it if they really invested a good five minutes into him being like he has roots nah, and showing what he can do, and then they kill him. <laughs> then it's a surprise. As soon as they walked See, in, and he and and uh, boomerang was like, boomerang was like, you should just try to climb the thing there. And he's like, "You're right. I should." Boom! I just knew. I knew that was happening. It was, it was so telegraphed because okay. they didn't invest in his character at all. And they well, clearly, first of all, yeah. first of all, the way you the way you do the uh, Captain Boomerang, like, oh, you should do the uh, thing with the ropes there. I just imagine Norm Macdonald as Captain Boomerang, and that delights me to no end. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, I uh, climbed hey, the yeah. building there. What are they gonna do? Blow hey, you up? Should, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> hey. Ah, man, this is uh, all a bunch of BS. They're not gonna do anything to you. You should just go ahead and jump that building. Boom. Yeah, at least I know it's not BS now. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very much, and um, I, I liked that moment a lot. I thought that was really fun, and I knew it, but it was just too little, too telegraphed. I kind of wish I think, they had. Uh, I think they the had, problem. I think the problem they had, and this is this is this is fact at this point, pretty much. When you look at the trailers, they had a trailer before they had a full cut of the movie, but they had so much trailer, like you can see, like so. There's so much in the trailers that tell you Slipknot is not here. Slipknot is not here. Why go to the extra? Why go the extra mile and waste precious theater time giving us a backstory for Slipknot? When we know, based on just looking at the trailers, that the dude's not going to make it yeah, past I, like any time. That's that's a little. That's a little. I think that's you having watched every trailer and doing. But the average view, moviegoer doesn't watch trailers the way we watch trailers. Um, I also think the average moviegoer wouldn't have even noticed they didn't give him a backstory. Yeah. Well, but 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 they knew that who's. That's the thing is like when you see that moment, you're like, who was that guy? I don't care at all. Like, I, if they had invested in him and even made him maybe a little likable and then blew his head off, like, that would have been so much more impactful and fun. There, um, there's no making that dude likable. Like, that character is a misogynist. He's awful. He beats up women and shit. Like, there's no, <laughs> he, they, they treated him correctly, I feel. I feel like they killed him and that was funny. They killed him in a funny way and I enjoyed it and I was, not ever invested in him, nor did I ever want to be. Yeah, I just, I, I just, I just didn't like that it was so telegraphed. That's all I'm saying. It, it felt like it was supposed to be a surprise, and it wasn't. Um, the, if uh, anything, that that character served to just show us how intelligent Captain Boomerang was, and that was enjoyable to me. Right, right, right. I, I like, I liked the move that Captain Boomerang pulled. I liked that. I just didn't like the way that sure. it, it worked out. I the other the other thing that it really bothered me in that movie is so you've got and and you can turn around this on Marvel easily partially, uh, but um, crappy fights, villain. fights, <laughs> fights have to have stakes. Um, uh huh. And do they? If if a fight has no stakes, then it's just it's just like it's just eyeball candy and it uh-huh. doesn't affect your heart at all and like that's not fun to watch in a movie theater. Like a fight has to have one of two kinds of stakes. Like a villain that's actually hard to overcome or you have to feel um or or a villain that you care about. Like like a villain that's interesting or that you care about. You just got to care about who's going to win the battle. And you have to uh-huh. or you have to believe that it's possible to lose the battle or to to at least be hurt by the uh, the the whole sequence where they're fighting these weird zombie guys in the yeah. in the weird putties. Um 
they're just really and what kills one is really strange like so some of them are getting shot some of them are just getting hit by a bat and and i don't know it just seemed like i never feared for anyone's safety at all and i wanted uh-huh. to i wanted to care about them i wanted to fear for their safety but the way they shot it just made like none of these heroes walking through this battlefield are in any way in danger <laughs> ever I feel um, I felt the same way about Avengers. I feel the same way about all of these things, like all of these movies. Like I would I would agree. Avengers: much, Age of Ultron yeah. has this little bit of a problem. It has that problem. You don't feel like the Ultron bots are really ever gonna beat up an Avenger. The, but, the closest they got in like the first Avengers was Tony, and I still didn't feel anything because I knew that he was coming back with uh, Iron Man three like two months later. Like right. I had nobody didn't give a crap. <laughs> so it's like you know I, I enjoy these things for what they are, but at the same time, like I I don't expect anyone. Yeah, to Yeah, but die. you keep having you keep having to go outside the movie to tell me why it's bad when you're talking about like Avengers. When you're talking about I they they really made me feel for Tony, but I knew he's coming back because I'd watched a trailer of this other movie. You and the same thing with Suicide Squad. You're like, yeah, but this is a trailer. Well, yeah, sure. I'm talking about like inside the movie, they never made me feel stakes. And like all this, the vast majority of the movie, they're fighting these putties that die however the plot deems necessary for them to die. Either you hit them softly with a bat and they crumble, or you have to fire yeah. at them ten times. Like it just doesn't, there's no like consistency well, or they, rules. No, it just seemed like they were just taking out the head. Like if they could take out the head, you know, they could, they were good. Like uh, Katana and Harley Quinn just like you know just knocked the head into pieces with a bat or a sword, um, but you know guys with guns had to shoot out pieces of the head. But they were all controlled by Enchantress. So I'm not saying it was the most uh, satisfactory uh, army of aliens or yeah. creatures. Or well, and and, and, and then whatever, when you, whatever, the other thing you know, is like when, you, when hordes <laughs> and Avengers: Age of Ultron was almost it was almost a response to Man of Steel. In that one of the biggest things, the reason you feel stakes in Age of Ultron doesn't have anything to do with the heroes. You're, you're pretty sure the heroes aren't going to die, although one does. Um, yeah, one but, that I didn't care about. Like they took they took an easy way out with. Yeah, that. they I, did. I didn't give a crap about them. They did well, and, and I, the, the, this thing, like I, I have I have, I have thoughts on that, but uh, the thing that they made interesting in that was they actually tried to make the the world feel full of people and they were actually having to save people. And it was actually like, yeah. it was actually like a humanitarian effort to save all these people and like get them onto the shield helicarrier. And that, that, that mm-hmm. made that scene more interesting because you could see people dying and people did die. And then those repercussions go on into civil war. But, uh, sure. but, but, but my thoughts on, uh, what you just said about, um, what did you just say? Oh yeah. The thing about killing, <laughs> killing, killing Quicksilver. <laughs> Killing Quicksilver in, in, in that movie was, I think, Joss Whedon at his most wankiest. Um, Joss Whedon decided to... Se- he spent the entire movie setting up Hawkeye to die mm-hmm. just for the joke of having Quicksilver save him. And not joke, but like... Whedon loves to have like sort of this meta conversation with the audience where it's like, I'm putting something out there. This is going to happen. And then no, it's not. Um, I feel like, I feel like the, the Quicksilver death in Ultron was Joss Whedon's response to his own reputation. I, I, I kind of agree with that. I don't, I, I'd love, I'd love for you to expound on what you mean, but uh, that's kind of what I'm saying with, 
he's setting up a character, the most beloved character, the heart of the team, and then let's kill him. And then he was like, right. he literally threw Quicksilver, and then it was like he had Quicksilver say what Joss Whedon wanted to say to the audience. You weren't expecting that, were you? And it was just like, yeah, come on, no, like, don't work so hard on a surprise that you forget what the heart of the thing is, you know. Well, and I felt like they I, just, I never ugh. felt like, I never felt like Quick, I never, not Quicksilver, I never felt like, um. I didn't Hawkeye. necessarily feel yeah, Hawkeye. Oh, I, I didn't, didn't either. necessarily feel like Hawkeye was going to die. Like I felt like it was I didn't necessarily feel like he was setting up anything. Um Oh, I definitely did. Because it, I just well, I, it just seemed so on the nose. I was just like, he's not gonna die. That's gonna be like because Whedon knows who he is and how we perceive him and what we expect from him, he's not gonna have Hawkeye die. I didn't necessarily believe that he was gonna have Quicksilver die, but when he did, I was like, well, that's cheap. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and it also was cheap because I think part of the reason they killed him off was because of the confusion with the uh, the Fox character. Yeah. And also, Fox did such a... Fox, at that point, had done very little right. But in first uh -huh. class... Uh, I think it was first class. I, I may be wrong. No, it was, it was uh, Days of Future that's Past. That's right. In Days of Future Past... Uh, their this, their Quicksilver scene was the best thing they had done. The best like three three minutes of Fox Marvel content that there had ever been mm -hmm. uh, up to that point. Sure. And it was just like that was an amazing scene. Let's do that all the time. And then I think they were just like, you know what? We got to kill one of these characters. It might as well be the one that we have like a weird conflict with another company and yeah. that we're probably not going to be able to beat their version of because yeah. they did a great version and of him. In hindsight, it seems perfectly reasonable. Like one of them gets Scarlet Witch, one of them gets Quicksilver. I was actually just hoping for a multiverse approach. I, I feel like that's just always my approach. I just always hoping for a multiverse. Um, <laughs> well, and I mean that's what we have in the sense that we literally have different universes and multiple universes that yeah. can do whatever they want. Um, and I'm fine with that. I would have been fine with them keeping Quicksilver around, but Quicksilver's death just did not feel. They didn't take it's just Damn. just just like Rope Man, which I still don't know his name. Um, Slipknot. Don't tell me. Slipknot. Um, Slipknot. Just like it's that. Just, Slipknot. just like that '90s rock band Slipknot. They just did not that set I hated, up. Yeah. <laughs> they did they did not set up that character well uh just just they didn't do it with Quicksilver either they didn't they didn't spend any time establishing who Quicksilver was i would have probably felt the same way if they'd killed off uh wanda as well at that point cuz th there's no reason to care about her and it was just like finally they're going to kill an avenger in an avengers movie and yeah, it's going to be gonna it's not going to matter at all to me and that's that sucks you know don't kill a mm -hmm. character if it doesn't matter you know yeah. And that's that. So, that is the big problem with Marvel is they've killed way too many people that it didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, because they I either mean, brought them know. back or they never. You never cared to begin with. And I will tell you this, and I'm excited because Kevin Feige seems to be suggesting that, uh, or pretty much flat out saying that uh, Stan Lee is Uatu, the Watcher. <laughs> nice. And I saw that today and was just really happy that he pretty, he just confirmed that rumor. He's like, yeah, sure, we've talked about that. Yeah, he's 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 the Watcher. Um, <laughs> Kevin Feige did. Yeah, and Kev, apparently Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two apparently has like some sort of a bit where he's we we see him talking to the Watchers, and he. Oh, that's I don't, awesome. I don't know. I don't know, but uh, that would be a, that's phenomenal if that's true. And um, you know, uh, 
I, I, you know, like I said, I, I love, I love a lot of the Marvel stuff. Uh, I've, this, I've been staying stuff out. Like I would do it though. I've been staying off. I've been staying <laughs> out of all the Guardians Two news. Uh, but one yeah. thing that I've heard, and I don't, don't tell me if you know, Sly Stallone is in it, playing someone, and apparently based on uh some of the some of the talk, Sly Stallone's character was like a real standout. Um, it, it, it apparently he's not in it much, but like his scene is like super great. In Guardians too, uh, I, I've I've heard that that is true, and I've heard that he's going to be in a bunch of movies, but I don't know who's yeah. playing. Or I've heard I've heard that whoever true. whoever he came out and played, they were like uh, it left the impression that we'd see him again or whatever, um, mm-hmm. and that that sounds exciting because I, I love I love Sly. Yeah. Well, that be really cool. Uh, well, man, we have talked for a really long time. <laughs> we have, <laughs> yeah, very, yeah. And I think I think we talked about some DC news in there somewhere. So hopefully we yeah. fulfilled our purpose with this podcast. Importantly, my importantly my bladder doesn't care either way. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, so thank you very much for having me on the cast, my friend. I really appreciate it. Thank you for doing it, man. Thank you Absolutely. for coming and, and, and filling in at short notice. Uh, Jason just randomly got like really sick and started throwing up tonight, and I, uh, you know, I called Matt up. I was like, hey, oh, man. and you you were talking about getting the other stuff done. I can help out with Gotham if you want. Um, if you want help on the Gotham cast, I can, I can jump in on that one. I I, I didn't think about it, but I am up to date on that one. <laughs> yeah. So let me know. Well, we'll we'll do some. Well, yeah, we'll. Uh, I've got Bethany coming in to do the DC TV okay, stuff. Cool. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about Gotham though. <laughs> That's true. We did talk a little bit about it. Uh, yep. I'm loving Gotham. I um, think it's great. Freaking Batman saying I will not kill. I will not kill. Really, really got me going. Oh, yeah, I, um, <laughs> that was two weeks ago, but man. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm enjoying it, uh, for what it's doing right now. I'm a little worried because the, uh, the, uh, promo for the season showed, uh, Selena falling and like laying on the ground with cats coming around her. So I'm a little worried they're going to do the Batman Returns <laughs> origin. <laughs> <laughs> that's so stupid. I, it's like the thing that I hated the most that's about funny. Batman Returns are going to do. That's funny because they haven't done that many completely. I, I, I doubt. I doubt. I, I doubt that's what they're going to do. If anything, it'll probably. I mean, Catwoman doesn't really have powers. Right. In the comics. I mean, no, she doesn't at all. No, she doesn't have nine lives. Yeah, that's sorry, that's guys, just from that's just from Batman Returns, yeah. right? You know, it's messed up when you look at a movie and go, this is less realistic than the comic book. Oh, yeah. It's funny that Tim Burton did that. Like, he took the Penguin and Catwoman, two of the more grounded villains. Yeah. And he was like, you know what these need? A gangster and a gun smuggler and, you know, a a jewel thief. And he turned them into, like, supernatural and or freak show like versions of themselves. Yeah, that's a really like, strange choice, Tim Burton. <laughs> yeah, it is. real weird. Oh man. Anyway, anyway, man. Well, thanks, thanks Dude. again. Thanks for having me. And thank, thank you for doing it, man. Absolutely. Uh, we are DC on screen. Jason will be back. Uh, well, sometime, probably during the reviews. Uh, hopefully, unless something really bad happens. Um, <laughs> that's, gosh, that's, God, you went dark there, Dave. <laughs> I know, but you know, I don't. You know, I don't want to promise a thing that I, and I don't know the future. <laughs> I think people would forgive the promise if Jason died. 
Well, you know, I wasn't thinking about death, you dark bastard. What you just um, said? Hopefully he'll be back unless something really horrible happens. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about, you know, like, uh, yeah, like he got a flu or something, you know? Oh, you um, just... <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't uh, Maybe the virus lasts another week. I don't know. But look... He should be back for the for the review episodes uh, for the new shows. Uh, you can find every new episode on DCOnScreen.com, and it's all free. We don't do that premium crap like Mark Marin, even though I love Mark Marin. Please have us on your show, Mark. And uh, we're big comedy fans. You can <laughs> you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at DCOnScreen, one word. Email us at DCOnScreen at gmail.com. Uh, or you can catch up with us uh, with a voicemail, 205-259-6331, to leave us a voicemail, and we'll play it on the show, and we'll even respond to it. We won't just play it. We'll actually talk about it. Yeah. And, Two-way conversation, uh, people. Good. Two-way conversation. Yeah. We, we, you know, we do the fan interaction, and we won't even be mean unless, you know, you're really dumb. What's that, what's that, <laughs> number? What's that number again? I'm writing it down. Okay, it's 205-259-6331. You should call in, Matt. You should call in and yeah, man. give us give us a rant about a thing. Oh, I and, you know, I'll just I'll we'll just call in and really provide the con to your pro uh every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, yeah. You just, just have uh really you just have Jeff call in. Oh, okay. you can have Jeff call in and be like D's nuts and hang up. D's nuts. <laughs> all right. That's what I encourage all the listeners to do this week. Call that number and just say D's nuts. What's that number again that they should call and say D's nuts? <laughs> they can rewind. <laughs> okay, guys. Hit the 30 second back button. Tight, write down that number, and I want to hear as many D's nuts next week as we can get. <laughs> just oh, to yeah. just to prove yeah, that you that. just to prove that you listened all the way to the two and a half hour mark here. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so it's also in the show notes if you guys really want to do that. And uh, again, thank you, Matt Carroll of the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Uh, also of the Giants Size Team Up Network, as as we are, GiantsSizeTeamUp.com for all those awesome shows over there, panel by panel, breaking the panel, and uh, Booze and Phasers, and uh, the Blazing Defender Report, and gosh, it seems like they keep putting more shows on there. The Pokemon Go podcast, they keep doing stuff. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, and we're a part of that. We're, we know those guys. Giants like, we, we actually are so... We are, like, the DC on screen podcast, though, is, like, we were actually so busy with other stuff, we never actually, with actually just producing our show, we never actually get a chance to do anything with the network. I know, same, yeah, same I feel with a little bad about that. Lately, we haven't even, uh, we, 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 we did so many episodes for Iron Fist a few weeks ago, and then we got, we haven't even done our episode, our weekly episode these last two weeks, because we've been so, yeah. uh, so bogged down. Uh, Jeff is buying a house right now. And yeah. he's in the middle yeah. of that process, and I'm making an album, and so we've just been like a little behind on our Agents of Shield, but we'll definitely be back this week with our Guardians of the Galaxy two review. We're very excited about that. Absolutely, and we'll probably have a Guardians of the Galaxy two review too. <laughs> yeah, I'll be it after. It'll be a post credit stinger because we put DC first here. <laughs> we don't. Uh, <laughs> don't laugh at that. <laughs> have, a good, have a good one, Dave. Have a good one, Matt. Thank you for coming in. Absolutely. You guys keep some D keep some DC on your screen. 
And I'll be right back with another episode, a DCTV episode. Woo! Love you guys. Kisses, y'all. Gross. <laughs>